warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! Hey Meowians, this is Beaker from Nerdcore Meow. And if you like the Bone Bat Show, make sure you check out Nerdcore Meow Podcast at nerdcoremeow.com, the best nerdcore music podcast on the net. For the Bone Bat Podcast, where you can listen to Steve and Gord. It's a kick-ass digital broadcast where we've got dick jokes galore. Bone Bat. Some had high hopes that genetic engineering would correct this trend in evolution, but sadly, the greatest minds and resources were focused on conquering hair loss and prolonging erections. Saver on the TV. Good start, clean shaving Yanni CD. Flick the bick and burn the sticks at the wick. I click a pick and turn to stick it on the Instagram tick. After dinner, we can simmer down with cola and crown. Then go to town so I can verb it to your adjective noun. I'm sorry, did I go obscure? You know I get weirdly wordy when this nerdy bird worries. He's over her talking dirty. Girl, take off your shirt, let me massage your muscles. Second thought, let's not. Got the carpal tunnel, so I slowly fumble till we're both undressed. Apologies, I got more hair on my back than my chest. Yes, yes, don't waste a second, cause I'll lose my erection. Two rubbers, you won't catch my infection. Plus it makes the jimmy thicker and it helps to prevent a premature five inches, five minutes and I'm spent. Pretty penny, I'll make us some brunch. I can't consume too much. Eating taco for lunch. Just for you, gorge yourself. All I got is a snack. Unless you measure for your pleasure on the back of the sack. Let's get to your crack. Well, the parting of your front. Put on a weird owl track and drop some poke yodeling stunts. I'm a whole eating grunt with a drooling disability. Tom Tom, because your furry poopa lacks visibility. Fallibility forgiven, think it's genuine time. Hop on top and ride this pony because of my spine. And if you don't mind, I need a break, I gotta pee. Of course, my bladder's about to pop the way you're rocking me. Now we're on hands and knees, arrhythmically working. You beg for harder and faster, but I'm already hurting. So I yank out my gherkin and expel on your floor. That was eight minutes counting foreplay. You won't fucking more of, of more fucking I know I'm not the best of the best Running out of breath just caressing your breasts but I guess because you settled for less, I'll be making you moan until we're making a mess. Yes, 
No rest for the wicked, the clock's ticking. Finger licking fried chicken, slip in the kitchen. I'm itching to get it, get it, got it good. I can check beaver like, damn, that's a lot of wood. But she got the nerve to call it mediocre. She's the one that chose the bone of greedy ogre. I'm going down on her like I'm eating yogurt. Stir the fruit at the bottom and I'm feeling vulgar. So I hold her and I whisper in her ear. If you don't like the way that I fuck, you can get out of here. She ain't like that. Plus it's her house. I'm trying to bounce back to eating her out. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 104 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. This is Gordon. How's it going, man? It's surreal. It's I'm disgusted by the internet. <laughs> the internet? The internet, let me tell you. I used the Xbox and the fabulous YouTube app on the Xbox and my big old television to try to show my kids Roadrunner cartoons. And here's the thing about the YouTube app on the Xbox is if you start to input the word Roadrunner, you very quickly, before you get all the way to Roadrunner, you get to a number one box left-hand side of the screen says something to the effect of roadside searches cops look in woman's vagina. <laughs> yeah, because that's trending right now. I, I did. I didn't notice that that was in the news. Is that in the news lately? What news source are you going to? And no, why, well, why not I subscribe. It was. Uh, everybody was talking about it a couple of days ago. Evidently, like in different parts of Texas, they are cavity searching people for like not really good reasons, and it's always women. But it was like a woman trooper they had doing it with like the rubber gloves and everything. <laughs> well, I guess that makes it okay. But the, ostensibly, I think the the reason why was they were looking for weed, but. Who's going to smoke that weed anyway? <laughs> now, do they charge extra for that weed or is it? <laughs> I don't know. Your uh, son saw something he didn't intend to see then before the yeah. Roadrunner cartoon. Yeah. He's like, is that the acne vagina weed that the coyote smokes? <laughs> nice. Well, dude, yeah. since they're what? sitting here laughing in the background, we got to add our musical guests this episode. You know them. You love them. Once again, joining us in the studio, Death Star. How you guys doing? Oh, uh, what's up, Bone Bat Show? Got hey. MC3PO. Hello. Got Cosplay. What up? And we got Bill Beats. What's up? Fresh. He's, he's kind of kicking back, you know, living off his laurels from winning the VPC Challenge. Two like years a in a row champ. now. Jeez. They like should just change nothing the name but the bitches and money for Bill Beats. That's the deal. There's never been any item up for vote that Bill Beats has been in contention for on Nerdcore now that he has not won. That's true. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Not really. It's not that amazing because I've met Bill Beats. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Bill Beats could win a swimsuit contest. <laughs> I mean, seriously, he's a handsome man. So thanks for joining us, guys. It's great to have you back. Now, uh, we'll get into it in a little bit, but you've got a new album coming, right? Unfortunately. The, the prequel, the uh, first cut that we just listened to, which was called A More or Less, starring our good friend, also, Billy the Fridge. Indeed. Everyone loves William Refrigerator. It's cool to hear that tune. Very funny stuff. And we're looking forward to hearing more off the prequel. Well, we were told very, very specifically that ever since we did Your Mom, 
both figuratively and literally. <laughs> we have been told in no uncertain terms by our audience that while most of our songs are about sad villains and awkward sex, we needed to specifically write another super embarrassing sex song. So we thought, you know, what's more embarrassing than a love song entirely about mediocre sex? <laughs> And we pull a lot from our personal experiences and laziness in the bedroom. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I invented a technique in the bedroom called bookmarking. (laughs) Which is when you're going down on your partner and you stop midway through and put a bookmark between her legs and leave the room to go watch Battlestar Galactica. I almost thought I was having rough sex, but it turned out both of us were fighting just to be on the bottom. (laughs) That's some power bottom action right there. (laughs) That's aggressive laziness. Nice. All right, well, we're going to be hearing and talking to Death Star a lot more as the show continues, but uh, why don't we do what we usually do about this time? Gentlemen, what pisses you off? I want to start this one. All right, cosplay. Cosplay okay. starts. Well, beside the fact that on the prequel, releasing early to the Kickstarter that you can't donate for because this episode came out after it got finished. Uh-huh. Uh, it always takes a bone bad show a while to come. It's, it's, it's cool. It's cool. Longevity is important in some things. <laughs> right. But as Death Star doesn't have time for longevity, I don't like more than three minutes. But uh, we have a song called Haterade where we list a bunch of things that really piss us off. And or, even more things that don't actually piss actually, us off. Actually, honestly. What pisses me off recently is, and this is a really sad and pathetic thing to be pissed off about, I am really upset that I continue to watch The Daily Show with no Jon Stewart. For those that watch The Daily Show, John Oliver has been hosting it for the past two some odd months since Jon Stewart's off doing some film in the Middle East. And he's coming back, and he comes back in a couple weeks. But uh, John Oliver, well, a funny man, doesn't have that sort of righteous indignation. And what's more upsetting is that the woman that I watch The Daily Show with, who will ostensibly call my roommate because no one would believe that a woman would actually date me. Um, it, it's uh, his mother, by the way. That's why he's calling her his roommate. <laughs> she really likes John Oliver. And though, eh, like, he's passable. But it just reminds me of the period of The Daily Show before Jon Stewart. And being a screaming liberal that I am, I desperately need my, like, voice box of my people that just hates on Fox News and everything (laughs) all day long. All the Republican Party and then the the Obama cover-ups and all of that stuff. Like, I need him back. And, And, like, every time a juicy morsel of sad politics happens... And he's not there. I'm just like, ah, this just isn't being handled. As did well. you just hate on Craig Kilborn? I did hate on. Me? I, I did hate on Craig Kilborn. I, that's fine because he's very mediocre. Yeah, on I that don't show. really like Craig Kilborn. No one remembers that because it's like ten years ago. But I remember there was that other guy, but I, you know, I couldn't have named him. Until it this was time. Craig Kilborn. He was not good in old school and, and then he had his own late night show that and he was yeah, over that, by then Craig he went Ferguson. and did like the late 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 that nobody ever stayed up and watched except for by accident almost right mm-hmm. apparently he's a total dick and anytime you talk to him he always name drops celebrities that he knows no matter how pedestrian the thing is that you're talking to him about <laughs> which i actually kind of love because i love hearing about how celebrities are dicks i mean everybody else is like oh it's so nice that he's nice i'm like ah oh, jeremy piven is an asshole that's great <laughs> like i don't want i don't i'm never going to hang out with him he might as well be a fuckhead i mean 
<laughs> what pisses you off, Rupi? Uh, I have to go next? Yeah. You have to go next. It's a rule. I require All right. it. All right. Well, this is a total first world problem, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw this one out there. So, Google Reader closed recently, and... So like, you were the guy that used that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> fuck you. Um, <laughs> I also use Opera as my favorite browser, so, like, I'm just weird so that you way. you live in a different time in a different time. All right, well, here's the deal. Like, I used Google Reader as my RSS reader because I read several web comics by several like it's, like it's like two dozen it's a lot and a, a number of humor sites and all of that and i just like it all being in one place for me to mm-hmm. click links to go and read it but google reader went down and i had to go and find a replacement for that which i was not super happy with because i'm very hidebound and don't like changing things and so here, here. Uh, yeah word uh reactionary to my dying day which will be tomorrow but uh i finally settled on the old reader which I didn't really like, but, like, I could live with it, you know? Like, if I was going to bitch about something, it might as well be something that was okay. So I settled on <laughs> it and uh, poured it over all of my feeds, which took a goddamn week to do because they were all backed up from people, you know, who were just fleeing as refugees from Google Reader. So it's finally up and running, and I finally got used to it. I finally get to the point where I'm okay using it. And they're having massive server problems, so every goddamn fucking day it's down. I, I log in, and it's just pictures of cats, which is what they put up in place of, like, other stuff. Like, hey, you can't get to your feed, but here's pictures of cats, because we know you hate cats. So, I, what, what do I hate? I hate it when you come to love a service, and then it shuts down, and then you move on, and then that shuts down. It's like my relationship history. <laughs> but those women didn't shut down. They died under mysterious circumstances. They shut down in, in a biological way. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm the boyfriend of equivalent of a widower and the boyfriend equivalent of a serial killer which i think is just a serial killer <laughs> yeah they don't have a special word for that they don't because i mean like i love english i could maybe come up with one Can you work on that? like bill i put, put in the romance and necromancy what is pissing bill beats off currently right now is my computer chair <laughs> um and that's mainly because my back hurts right now from sitting all day and mixing this album yeah so, so that's that's basically what's upsetting me, and it's it's not so much the chair itself, other than the fact that it's a very cheap chair, and it's I've had it for a while, so it's broken. What's really upsetting me is that to get another chair, a good one, they're like four hundred dollars, yeah, at least. And oh I, yeah, a good. You can buy an office chair for like twenty nine ninety five, yeah, but you can buy an office chair that doesn't kill you for like four hundred to five hundred starting. Exactly. Who, who buys office chairs? I always like steal mine on Saturdays. Yeah, I was. That's the thing. I need one. The one I'm sitting in now is just wrecked. Isn't there a place like on Craigslist or somewhere where like all these companies that go out of business sell their furniture? I don't know. Like all used office chairs smell like someone else's fart. That's true, but leather ones at least. Leather doesn't take fart quite as much yeah, as like normal. That, that's true. But it's it's always something. split in like weird places and stuff. I'm like, I'm gonna cop to the fact that my computer chair is currently a metal folding chair that's how effed up it is at my house <laughs> but i don't even know the last time i bought an office chair of course cosplay will remember the time that we used to work together and one of the offices was moving and they had a bunch of office chairs in their garage and nobody was attending to them and so we stole like yeah, eight yeah. chairs we, we were we were not 100 <laughs> percent sure whether they were upgrading chairs or just storing the chairs there and they so were storing we, all the chairs we, i'm sure we so we just decided that they were 
probably just getting rid of those chairs. Or or at least we were helping them get rid of the chairs. After a long lunch of racing chairs and sliding them down the hill, (laughs) we we, we decided that what we needed to do was load them into the back of a car and take them home. And I think every single one of those chairs has died. You know, seeing like seven office chairs stuck in an Elantra, that's pretty fucking hilarious by itself. (laughs) I love the fact that you used a car and not a truck or a van or something. We don't have trucks. Yeah, be, because Kirkland. if you're so cheap that you're going to steal a shitty office chair, of course what you're going to do is rent a truck. To- no, no, no. I have a Hyundai Elantra and I work two miles from my house. I can wedge it and make it work. I believe we even bungee corded it so that we could keep the hatchback open. Now, here's my question. Now, the award-winning Bill Beats can't put in for an upgrade with the Death Star hierarchy. I mean, isn't there some petty cash? That fat Kickstarter money? Get built beats a chair? What the do fuck? You, do you mean my, my checking account? <laughs> yes. Because the Death Star funds are our cosplay's checking account. Because Bill Beats, we're not sure how he survives, but he doesn't seem to work. He's more mysterious than the rest of the band. And 3P has, like, a child to feed and a fiancé. Yeah, not so much a child, but like a child. Well, like a child. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when we need money... Is it like one of those real dolls, but it's smaller? Well, I don't really that's appreciate you calling it a real doll, because that's a brand name. <laughs> and that's that's copyright infringement. <laughs> but it is like a real hold doll. Hold on, hold on. You just came up with child-sized real dolls, and that goes in the worst place. That is the worst <laughs> idea. Actually, really, it's not. I mean, it's better than the alternative, right? Is it, or is it a gateway? For who? For who is it better than the alternative? Live children. That street slang did not pass me by. We should look into getting you a better chair, like or a child real doll. (laughs) (laughs) I will rue the day that I had this thought. I think that's a shirt for this out the prequel. Child-sized real dolls. Brought to you by Gord Cocking. <laughs> the child-sized real doll of the nerdcore world. Can we spell your last name C-O-C-K-I-N-Z? Gord yeah, Cockins. that's the way I spell it. Okay. <laughs> you haven't seen his business cards, have you? <laughs> if by business card you mean the street slang I'm thinking of, I have seen his business card. It's the only business card that requires batteries. Yeah. Oh, shit. Bone with a watermark. <laughs> So, Gord, what's pissing you off, man? You know, here's what's what's pissing me off. Typical first world problems for us. Got a new car. Hooray! Yay. And they're, they're offering 0% financing. It's like free money. So we opt for the, the 0% financing. And they're so eager to do this deal back at uh, the car selling place that somewhere in the system, when it comes to the financing part of the whole operation... They misspelled my last name, they got my address wrong, and they got my social security number wrong. C-O-C-K-I-N-Z again. (laughs) They they put an extra O in there, C-O-O-O-K. I call them, on one hand, hand, I'm thinking, hmm, you know what, I could just take this car, free car, they don't have my name, address, or social security number on the paperwork, really. (laughs) As a matter of fact, I told him my name was Mike Bacon. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey Mike but on the other hand I thought you know if one point I'm wa- going to want to have a legitimate pink slip to this car so I, I called them up to show them the earlier of their ways because now this has moved on to that car company's financing division their bank so I called up the bank and said hey this is me and 
I got the car and the loan and everything. How about you spell my name right, put the right address on there, and fix my social security number? And they go, well, we'd like to, but what's your social security number? And I tell them, like, oh, see, we can't because that's not the number we have in the system. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) Really? So that's where we're at. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I said, well, how, you know, how about I prove that I'm me? I could, I've got my driver's license, picture me on it, name on there, spelled right and everything. No, no dice. They go, well, you, you must have had your social security card with you when you bought this car. Like, no, I didn't. I was there. I don't even know where my social security card is. What do you mean? I do. <laughs> oh, thank God. Will you please take it in and get this shit straightened out for me? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, sorry, can't can't do I'll, that. I'll trade you for a child size real doll. <laughs> Deal. And done. <laughs> what about you, Steve? What's pissing you off? Yeah, it's just a dumb thing, actually. Uh, so we got two bathrooms. <laughs> no way to talk about your podcasting partner. <laughs> two different uh, bathrooms in the house, and I've got the one sink starts just leaking like a sieve in the kids' bathroom, and this is a new faucet that we just put in like two years ago. Uh, same thing happened, started leaking, went to Home Depot, bought, they call it the Williamsburg faucet. It's a cute little roundy kind of a silver faucet with fake porcelain handles. It's good looking faucet, so I pick that up and bring it home and install it, and it's been working fine, it starts leaking. So I go down there figuring, because you know it has the cartridges for each of the handles, and I'm just going to get a replacement cartridge at the very place that I bought the faucet. I don't even know what what a handle cartridge is. You unscrew each of the handles. You have a hot faucet and a cold faucet, right? You unscrew the handle, and you pull out a cartridge. It's about an inch and a half long, and it's got kind of a metal. It has the uh, faucet apparatus in it. At the bottom, there's a gasket, and so the gaskets will go bad on these cartridges. They cost like 10 bucks. They're nothing. But uh, I go to the place where I actually bought the friggin' faucet, and they've got 162 different cartridges, but not the one for the faucet that American Standard makes for that fucking company. It's their exclusive faucet, and they don't carry the, the cartridges. I had to order it special, and it took like a week and a half to get here. In the meantime, my faucet is dripping, costing me money. That pisses me off. Bullshit. First world problems all the way around. I know. Oh, my second bathroom's faucet isn't right. <laughs> oh, my new car. The information on it is messed up. What a pathetic group of white people. We really are. I think Bill Beats had the best complaint. <laughs> his chair was busted. <laughs> yeah, I think his complaint yeah, was fucked up when you I can't sit in a chair. I think his complaint was secretly a Northwest passive-aggressive complaint about having to mix the album all day. I feel like that was really the complaint. I think you're right. I mean, what was cosplays again? He was pissed because his real doll didn't work. What was that? <laughs> Child-sized real doll. Not not showing up on time. I'm actually, yeah. now I have a new pet peeve in the way that I am clearly the dumbest Steve in here when it comes to household maintenance problems. You're talking about that, and like Gord's asking questions. I'm just pretending like I know. Which I'm no fuck. I don't even know what a faucet is, hardly. Cosplay being the dumbest Steve is not a new phenomenon. Alright, well why don't we listen to a tune off of the prequel? Why don't you intro this one, man? Alright, so this track is called Wear the Cape. It's a little bit of a rarity for Death Star. It's really a strongly cosplay song. In fact, a number of listeners who hear it may wonder if I'm on it at all. What happened was I noticed that we didn't have any kind of superhero songs. 
And so I decided to write a superhero song, which inevitably goes sad. Sad villains and awkward sex. That's Death Star. Yeah, and, but at no point does the superhero become villainous. So He does, however, become curmudgeonly, thanks to me. And so I wrote like two verses of it, and I wasn't even sure it was going to be a Death Star song. I thought it was going to be like one of my stupid single songs. You know, like the song about mustard or the song about potatoes or other things. The audience has inevitably never heard one of Cosplay's solo songs oh. because they have some semblance of taste. Fish rap. About. And, uh, uh, well, okay, okay, fish rap. I guess rap fish is a Cosplay solo track they may have heard. And so I wasn't sure. And then he was like, yeah. And then he had some ideas for it and he wrote a verse for it. And I'm like, that's cool. And then we realized that I was just on it for the first two verses. And so there's a lot of me on the front. And then 3P comes and cleans up the back end. Basically, As he is wont to do. Really, my job in the band is that I wipe. <laughs> I shit all over the mic on the front of the song. Right, Enjoy I, it. I am the king's hand as far as this is concerned. Once again, wear the cape. I'm, I'm ready. 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 Caping the cow on the brow. I enforce the fate of the foul. Sure, they hate and they howl. They take and they scout. Well, my responsibility has me full on face with my vows. The timing is now. Never off the clock. Tick tock. Prime spot. Dead cop. Door stop. Cold cock. A drop down. Descending on the despise. The fear in their eyes is they're remembering my righteous guys. Where's in the wise are lost in the scuffle. Tossed in the tussle. Hot with the hustle. Rotten the rustle. When their ruffled feathers fell, there wasn't nothing but rubble. But with this dick beaten battered, well, another starts trouble. So I shuttle to the next destination on the route protestation don't shoot big boot point boot i scoot to the shade of anonymity blessed me don't pity me petty thing this is my destiny In a few torn parts I'm bitter and hard With a screwed soft heart I sit here in charge Withered but large A splintered up tart Done with this march A winter repart I'm broken and slowing In the ice of this arctic Wind out of me None blowing I once was cathartic A target Now a slave to the villains The darkest pavilion Misty to the millions Defending my children My passions are chilling My super is slipping Head in a stupor Blood dripping My confidence zipping The justice I'm zipping Just isn't hitting Like it once did When I was young Hero smitten Just the dumb kids Some bid they envy me The life of a legend When society suffers There's no place for second Beckoned on every crisis It's wearing the thin Another day Another danger Forever without end No surviving on the serious scene And sitting impotent and alone In a buckle and a throne Is a has-been hero yesterday done disowned Back in my day, a man was a man Hood and cow, lion, spine and a plan 
Put an end to the treachery and wrench it to victory. Now it's history. Times on the page, and that was it for me. Used to be everybody knew my name. Tipping caps and slapping backs while I basked in acclaim. I did it for the common good, raised my hood up from the gutter. But my sunset, see me get swept up in the clutter. I give up all the days that I have left to spend. If I could only fight for truth and justice again. But I'm a used up catalyst, none left to battle this. I has been activist, armchair protagonist. Once again, that was Wear the Cape off the forthcoming The Prequel from Death Star. Yeah, uh, multiple people have uh, come up to us honestly in early listens when I come in again on the second verse. Because we set a tone. Like, they're prepared. If one of us raps a whole verse, definitely the other one is going to happen next. Or some other rapper of some kind. And right. so the fact that I came in again, everyone's like, is this just a solo track? And it's like, there's a third verse. He comes in. We just give I'm, them I'm on the hook. Yeah, you're on the hook. But we always, in the long game, usually balance out songs. Like um, New Dope had $50 Word Y'all, which is almost all 3P, and then Robot Dance Party Revolution, which is almost all me. But that made sense, and people knew that we kind of did that because uh, we told them. Um, and, 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 and so but with this one, it really is just sort of the standalone kind of random track where it's just like, wow, there's not a lot of 3D on this track. Right. Just because it happened, which is really not for the best. I don't well, think we're going to be no, doing that a lot. Absolutely not for the best. The song totally would have benefited from more me. Yeah. For... That's how I feel about sex. <laughs> Fair enough. It almost always would benefit from more me. I, I, I think just about any sex would. But, uh, yeah, I, I feel like it's kind of your revenge for You're Not Geek Enough for Me, which is, you know, it, a song from fandom where you get the first verse that I sing over entirely, and then I rap the second and third verse. Amusingly enough, Cosplay wrote the entire song. The verse that I wrote for that song does not appear in it, because we changed beats, and it was shorter, and we cut my entire verse. But you wouldn't know it by the fact that I rap the whole damn thing. Does that feel weird at all, to be rapping in someone else's voice? Well, Because so much of what you do is personal? No one can really rap in Cosplay's voice, nope. including Cosplay. <laughs> Accurate. But uh, no, there, there's definitely some awkwardness in rapping words that someone else wrote. Not because you're like, this dialogue makes no sense to me, but because in hip-hop, the flow and uh, rhythm of speech is so specific. What feels natural to you will feel completely awkward to someone else. No matter how long we've worked together, Cosplay and I have never really hit the perfect groove of writing like each other but we've gotten pretty close and we're pretty decent at representing what the other one can rap so unlike a lot of other people who get very proprietary about their lyrics we do a very good job of divvying things up between the two of us it just requires a number of edits for flow purposes like my stuff almost always has more syllables in it mm -hmm. cosplay stuff almost always goes offbeat and then finds the beat again that's true. I do a lot of pauses and word drag outs and shit like that um, because I'm a bad rapper and uh, I write the lyrics without listening to the beat. And then I'm like, well, I'm not going to change these. I'm just going to make it work. Well, there are there are rappers who do that, who play with flow front a lot, notably. Well, yeah. And I get compared to front a lot. A lot. I, no. I'm sure you do. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, 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 I get not favorably, I'm sure. <laughs> Gord, you were accurate. No, um, no. I, I specifically I realized due to various childhood speech impediments and everything uh, that it would be harder for me to 
to do like high speed rhythmic rap over and over. Being a white kid from the suburbs, I love fast rap, but um, it would be harder. And so it was just sort of natural for me to do kind of sing songy or weird rap, which where the cape has in fucking space. Absolutely, that's a you just heard it. I just I pause randomly on every third line at some point just because I decided that I wanted a different flow for the fall. I like to call them mini strokes. Myself. <laughs> <laughs> and rap again. Rabbity rap. Rabbity. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, everybody don't, don't, in Wu-Tang sounds different. Don't, don't tell them there's nothing wrong. Don't tell them there's nothing that's wrong. That's true. That's true. It's why 3P and I work together, and it's why we feel bad for solo rappers, honestly. <laughs> because, like, it's like, oh, man, this song just isn't, like, dynamic enough. And then we're like, wait, what if just the other person raps it? And then it sounds completely different. Yeah, it totally changes the tone. Which, see, solo rappers just don't have that choice. And we don't have the convenience, necessarily, of being like, okay, well, we're just going to change, you know, the dynamic of the melody of the song, because we work off samples sometimes, different beats. And we don't like to honestly, even though we have an in-house producer, pester the producer to really change a lot of, like, the core concept of the melody that they put together. Whether it's Bill Beats or whether it's... Uh, some random producer we're working with we're like produce the song and then they give it to us and we do our best to just write within that production we're, we're really the hip-hop equivalent of junkyard wars like we're gonna play it as it lies use the materials you can find to invent the, the device you're going to use junkyard wars would not have been a bad title for an album you know what maybe we should change it i think it's a little late for the prequel but next album after the next album after all of the kickstarter tracks so many next albums um Junkyard, junkyard Wars. Yeah, you know, and Junkyard Wars, when you do produce it, when you do put it out there, it should come with like a free dose of tetanus. <laughs> I think I can provide that. <laughs> nice. You just ooze tetanus. It's pretty much, I mean, you know, there's a whole lot of iron in there. So you've been working on this album, like, up until today, even. The paint is still fresh on these tracks, man. What is it like pulling this album together? Bill Beats? Horrible. <laughs> but why is it so horrible, Bill Beats? The chair. <laughs> so we've been working on this album for what now, like two months. Yeah, like about. as far well, as really sitting down and recording it. We we started working on this album last August. Yeah. But we've actually been working on this album for about a month and a half. Yeah. So about a month and a half. So and we're at like seventeen tracks right now. I think roughly. Yep. So we've been recording, 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 and I haven't had time to sit down and mix things. So now I'm mixing everything. Um, we have almost everything recorded except maybe like a couple things here and there. So it's really close to done. But now I have to sit there and mix it. And the mixing isn't that bad, and I, I've gotten better at it and quicker at it. This but is absolutely true, by the way. He's gotten very fast. At yeah. Mixing. But my issue now is that I'm learning more about it. So it's taking me longer in the sense that it's more OCD for me. So it's like... If it doesn't sound exactly right, because now I know what I'm listening for, it can take longer. So, like, uh, these four tracks that we have today are tracks that I just mixed down, and they're kind of the first ones, so I'm getting in the groove of really mixing them. So hopefully the rest of them will come out faster. If not, maybe this album just won't come out. So <laughs> The album is going to come out. For the Kickstarter uh, donators that, again, for the people listening to this podcast, if you aren't already a fan of Death Star, too bad. You don't get the early listen and the shit. But Boneback gets a lot of the stuff. But uh, for the Kickstarter people, it comes out on the 16th. And for 
the people that are not in Kickstarter, it releases to our band camp and in physical form on August 30th at our show during PAX, which people should come to because they can because that's in the future of this Before podcast. we get to that, by the way, I'm just going to go ahead and call an audible like I do on so many Death Star projects. I'm going to cowboy this up. Look, if you're listening to this, our Kickstarter is done. Which is really too bad, because we would have loved to have advertised it, but it's our own damn fault. But uh, here's the deal. Kickstarter's going to be done, and there's nothing we can do about that. But if you're listening to this podcast, and you're like, I totally would have donated to the Kickstarter if I had had the ability to do that, but I don't pay attention to Death Star, that's fine. Email at us, email us at deathstarhiphop at gmail.com with the subject Kickstarter. And we can go ahead and negotiate, because you know what? I'm not going to turn your money down. I'm a whore that way. It's true, he is. If you go and look at the Kickstarter, and you see something on there that you would have wanted and you didn't donate to because you were out of time, we will gladly take your money and give you the product. Nice. I like the the customer service. And i got to say, we're not going to talk too much about it, but Gordon and I stepped up with a little money, and we're going to have a little audio surprise coming for all the Bone Bat listeners straight from the camp of Death Star. Really excited about it. It was a thrill to support you guys and get you to Nerdapalooza this year, which was, I think, a lot of the point of the Kickstarter. That is the entire point of the Kickstarter. A lot of people Kickstarter albums. We Kickstartered a big, expensive trip to Orlando. Because we were like, well, the album's coming out soon anyway, so let's just pre-sell it. You essentially kickstarted a Disneyland vacation? Uh, sort Disney, of. Disney World. <laughs> Disney World. Disney World. Hey, Disney World. hey. Let's, let's be dignified here. We're not about that fucking back alley. No, Disney no. World. We want to go to the giant spiky testicle that is Epcot. <laughs> um, no, uh, we kickstarted because we long, long ago pestered the hell out of Nerdapalooza and said, we want to go to this, but we need to know in advance because we're going to have to get ourselves down there because it is still an independent convention. And even though they have like, they might be giants playing at it this year and green jelly and some, some really like out there kind of names that, that have some sort of public face. Um, they're still not, you know, it's not like they're packs. It's not like they're swimming in money. And so, uh, they were like, yeah, we totally want you. And then I was like, well, this is going to be really expensive out of the Bank of Death Star. This, by the way, we totally want you. This is going to be totally expensive. Story of Death Star's life. Yeah. Um, Every <laughs> prostitute we've ever met. <laughs> um, and so, and then, then the idea of, like, maybe I can cheapen it out of my wallet by Kickstartering it. And the fans responded. Uh, you guys and other people that for some reason listen to our music. Uh, decided to donate a surprising amount of money to us really fast. Yeah, it uh, really worked out. And the different uh, levels. I mean, there's a lot of cool swag there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, you know, you get, of dude. course, you get the prequel, but uh, you got slap bracelets and T-shirts. Well, <laughs> the way that we broke up the Kickstarter was we looked at other Kickstarters from other nerdcore artists we like and other bands we like, and we discovered a couple things. Number one, we feel like Though we value their music uh, very highly, they value it too highly. Like, they're like, custom track, $250. And I'm like, we're hip-hop. If we already have a beat for it, I could, we can write the song pretty quickly and do it. It's not like we have to come up with guitar licks and everything like that. No, no. 
And also, we knew that our fans just weren't going to shell out 250 for a song. The main thing for so. me was just that I, I don't agree with any Kickstarter or crowdsourcing project that charges more than the value of the item. Because what you're looking at is for people to buy this sight unseen or unheard. Right. They're essentially donating to you so that you can achieve a goal. So make it worth their while. Like, make it cheap. Don't make it as much as it's going to be or more when it actually comes out and people have the choice to go and listen to it first and be like, damn, I want to buy that. If they're going to give you the money beforehand, cut them a deal. Yeah, so, yeah, the exclusive shirt, the Men of Death Star 2014 calendar. Oh, yeah. Um, like you said, the slap wrap bracelets. The stretch goals really got out of hand. Honestly, they've really gotten away from us. Now we there's are, a documentary we have to do now. Now and a 10... Uh, uh, I know, right? Just the thought of that is making me laugh. <laughs> and and uh, my favorite, my favorite is the ten track mixtape. Which, for those that aren't familiar with uh, hip hop mixtapes, it means ten original songs by us over existing beats that have been released by other artists. They're usually popular beats, uh, but the song concepts and lyrics are original by us. That's just going to the Kickstarter donators for an entire year from the moment we finish it, and it has to get finished in the first half of 2014, because that's what I foolishly said on the Kickstarter. So there will be this, like, 10-track with three-skit album out that we will release that no one will know except for, like, the 80 donators and their friends, and that's it for a whole year because we appreciated people. I mean, we got to our goal, which was 1,500 and, like, Six days, five yep, days, six days, um, and then and then we doubled our goal in like less than ten. Yeah, and so, uh, uh, but inside of two weeks, and uh, that was amazing. So we're more than happy to just make Bill Beats do a lot of work, and then casually like scribble down a few words about butts, dicks, and sad, angry Magneto, and then um, <laughs> yeah, dicks, butts, chicks, sluts. The songs write themselves. <laughs> But my favorite from the Kickstarter is still the shirt. That exclusive shirt is the best thing that Jess has ever come up with. Yeah, I came up with the shirt, and the shirt in large case says, Death Star! And in smaller letters beneath says, Not really a fan. <laughs> which, which all of our fans, I'm sure, will appreciate, because all of our fans are not really our fans. We just recently hit 900 fans on Facebook. I would guess that maybe 20 of them like our music. Most of them are women that I've dated. <laughs> and by and dated, still listening to your music. By right? dated, he really does mean stock. Yeah, the women I've dated. And by too. women, he means transvestites. And by transvestites, we mean child size real dolls. <laughs> <laughs> Remarkably easy you, to stop. You see, that's how you do comedy, right there. That's a callback. Man, I'm gonna be thinking about that real doll child size version. <laughs> for quite some time, Gord. Thank you. Thank you for that. By the time people hear this, by the way, we're probably going to have hit the stretch goal that is for <laughs> the, the... stretch doll? The stretch doll. We're going to hit the stretch doll in the face and then love it tenderly. Uh, we're going to hit the stretch goal, I think, for the uh, the magnets. It means everyone who donated to the Kickstarter at $10 and above gets a fridge magnet. <laughs> it, and... They're pretty cool because the art is uh, by the great Ron Spencer of uh, you know White Wolf Art and Magic Card fame. It's the Zombie Death Star. It is the Zombie Death right? Star. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. And it's going to be a fridge magnet. So, you know, again, I have to throw this out. If you're listening to this podcast and you're like, "Damn, I would have donated to that Kickstarter," you know what? 
Contact us, yeah. deathstarhiphop at gmail.com. At least $10, and you can get this gigantic bag of swag. Uh, and by that, I mean a picture of my nuts. <laughs> so the album itself, now, you, how many? You said 17 tracks? That's what you've Well, that's what we've recorded. Okay. Uh, it'll be like every LP that we do, which it'll be 20-ish tracks, probably. Yeah, like a, a few track. A few skits. Five skits. Like, we're very mechanical about this at it's, this point. An intro, four skits, and 15 tracks tracks and a hidden track. hidden track that's just how we work and that happened purely accidentally because we thought that it would be cute to have 20 tracks on an album and end it with rolling 20s and now we've ruined it and have to have 15 <laughs> tracks on every lp and a hidden track it, it works and out intro though and four it, it really works out because we, we can justify it by saying look we put 21 tracks on the album one of which is a hidden track but we charge ten bucks, so even if ten of the tracks are awful, it's still a dollar a song. It's a better right. deal than you know, friggin' That's iTunes. iTunes. Right there, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, we're recording. We have a couple extras from this one because we were trying to be all badass and be like a real band where they record a bunch of songs and then they're like, let's select the best quality for the album. And now we've just run out of time. So we have what we have. We have like two songs that won't go on the album. Yeah, two songs, and that will probably be released later for free. Something. Yeah, we'll put them on something. Like, you'll hear them. They're not bad. No, no, they just... It, it, you can only have so many songs about villains and awkward sex, so you right. have to kind of balance it out. <laughs> but you can always be a villain have awkward sex. Yeah. That does not run out. That's infinite. No, I won't, I won't pretend to be too familiar with the stuff yet, since you guys only leaked four tracks to me. Yeah, you me, guys, me neither. I'm also I'm not noticing a little, a little different vibe there. There's a little Latin flavor going on in some of these cuts. Like, you guys are definitely mixing it up a little bit. Uh, well, uh, let's see. What do we say? So there's employment opportunity. Employment opportunity is coming later. And Wear the Cape. Those are very Latin flavored. And then... Uh, then Mexican standoff. Mexican standoff. That's, yeah, we do have a lot of... Light. You don't even know about Mexican standoff. I don't even know about Mexican standoff. And well, here's the thing. America is becoming increasingly Latino. And we, we want to tap into that audience and tap that ass. Our opportunity to become presidential nominees for the Republican Party. El Presidente. I should put that oh, We need out. to capture the Latino vote. Now, um... Uh, and I want to capture the Latino vote. Bill Beats actually does more beats on this one. Because uh, he always did the, like, the mix-down and mastering production and stuff like that. And he's got beats on fandom and new dope but this one i think it looks like it's going to be 12 out of the 15 real songs and possibly even the hidden track will all be his beats wow uh and he's using a lot of new things that he didn't have at a new dope's time like pride like (laughs) 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 self-respect and and so like a lot of people know his beats from like what you played last show with the um vpc round they know those big, dank sample beats of his. And they're going to learn that he knows how to play a synth. Is what, what they're going to learn. He knows how to push keys down on a keyboard. Nice. Yeah. Scratching, playing the synths. Yeah. Is there no end to this man's talent? He'll never get on the mic and rap. <sighs> so sad. We want him to rap so much so that one of us can quit. <laughs> I don't necessarily think he should rap, but maybe sing in a hook or two. You sing? We don't. You barely talk. He I'm probably, really. <laughs> he probably can sing. We found out a while ago that he does photography. He's a surprising little man. <laughs> and I do mean well, little because I'm against he's, us. he's like the lead tenor for a traveling opera company or something. Well, I mean, he's in our band, so he's like a retarded Renaissance man. <laughs> the retarded songs? I was retarded in that. Songs. So when is the album actually going to hit? Okay. 
August 30th, as far as anyone that did not donate to the Kickstarter is concerned. That's Friday. That's PAX weekend. I'll upload it at midnight Thursday night because uh, I'm going to be too occupied with PAX. Just before PAX, okay? Yeah. Now, are you playing at PAX? Will some people yeah. be able to get a hard copy at a we, show? We do. We have a show Friday night, August 30th, with Kirby Crackle, um, uh, Danimal Cannon, Supervillains, uh, and a group called 9K1. Danimal um, Cannon, you folks may remember, uh, he actually played live with Metroid Metal who we featured on the show a couple of yeah. times. Hell of a guitar player. Yeah, he, he has been uh, kicking around packs for a while doing shows. He's actually got more shows through the weekend. We actually have a second show at the end of PAX on Monday night uh, at the Nectar, and that's with uh, Mega Ran, Billy the Fridge, Beefy, Rotten Musicians, and Mark Dago. And so that one's also like a, you know, it's like a PAX post-show thing. Um, but yeah, we'll have physical copies there of the prequel, and they'll be $10, like all of our CDs are $10. And I don't mind announcing that if at this point you're a Bone Bat listener and you have not purchased Fandom Menace, the moment the prequel goes on, Fandom Menace becomes $5. Yep. Because we believe that a four-year-old album should become cheaper over time and not maintain... In comparison, it's a lot worse than where we are now. But, so. I mean, come on. How many Bone Bat listeners don't own that album by now? <laughs> All two of you. Be able to get <laughs> <laughs> Both of them. All I'm saying is that uh, that we yeah, we will be, uh, as we release new material, um, the Kickstarter is going to get a lot of material coming out, so you guys are just going to get flooded. It's going to be like Adam Warrock up in this piece, like an EP every other week. Yeah, except someone paid us to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but that's, so that's two shows during PAX, but you don't have to have PAX membership to go? Uh, no. Uh, the first show, Friday, is for people that are PAX attendees, they get in for free. For people that aren't, $5. Okay. Monday show at the Nectar. Uh, 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 before you move on, even if you don't like our music at that Friday show, $5 to get in free with your PAX badge, $2 beers, $3 wells. All night long. That's not shabby. No, 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 no it's no, it not. not. Also prizes provided by uh, Games and Gizmos of uh, Redmond. Um, we love those guys. Yeah, love those guys. And, and, you know you are. Yeah, they... they uh, are sponsoring that show. That show is actually Games and Gizmos presents Nerd Night at the Lo-Fi. Lo-Fi is the location for the Friday show. It's about just shy of a mile from PAX, a little bit past El Corazon. Then the Monday night show is just $5 and $8. I don't believe that they're running it as a a free-for-PAX kind of person. But it's super cheap, and if you couldn't see Mega Ran at PAX, you get to see him there in a more intimate setting. And then it's also got beefy, nerdcore, classic... You know, at this point, like almost a senior citizen of Nerdcore. Yeah, Beefy um, kills it. That guy's yeah. got just great I, tunes. He's I so love fun it. to listen and, to. And if Beefy and 3P and Megaran and Cosplay are not enough big man on stage, we close that stage down and possibly crumble it beneath us with Billy the Fridge <laughs> as well. <laughs> so it's a lot of out-of-shape rappers on that stage is really what we're saying. Uh, but it'll be good times and good tunes and a good way to close out packs. Okay, and then for the folks on the East Coast, now when is Nerdapalooza? When can they see you play? Uh, Nerdapalooza is uh, the third weekend of October. I believe it's the 18th through the 20th. Okay. Don't exactly quote me on that, but I believe that's that's the dates. But it's the third weekend of October. Uh, you can buy your tickets at nerdapalooza.org. 
Um, some artists that have already been announced with us, uh, along with uh, Death Star and IK1 Beefy, is actually making it down to Nerdapalooza. Uh, Adam Warrock, Shape of the Dark Lord, MC Frontalot. They might be giants. Um, the one-ups, Brental Floss. Yeah, uh, Metroid Metal is down there. Deathlehem is down there. Deathlehem. Yeah. Man, this is a crazy just uh, group of bands. No, no. This is awesome. Green Jelly. Green, Green Jelly. Jelly. Green See Jelly. Live back in the day in yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, you can all the way back. Yeah. In the day. Way yeah. back. You can see them again. Consider the cow god, man. Uh, considerably. Considerably later now, you can see them again. I was like, Green Jelly, holy shit, I'm so excited. I remember playing Maximum Carnage to them. Um, yeah, 14-year-old MC3PO is Yeah, but, um, uh, yeah, it's a really weird mix at this Nerdapalooza. They're definitely going for spread. They've announced everyone so far on, uh, uh, on Nerdapalooza.org. And uh, I don't know what the passes cost, honestly, because it's not something I've had to pay attention right, to. Sure. But um, you should go to it. Um, I know one of the days is free, so you should at least go to it for the free day. Um, but you should go to it for the weekend because it's going to be every kind of nerd music. That's their goal this year is just hitting all of the – from metal to video game music to, like, like uh, girls with ukuleles to nerdcore hip-hop to chiptunes. They want – uh, and, and to kind of like quirky comedy music like they might be giants. They want to hit all of it if they can because they believe that nerd music is less about style and more about content and sort of tone and um, disposition. Like they might be giants never is like, oh, we're super nerdy, but like they're obviously super nerdy. Like you yeah. look at them and you're like, you're nerds. We could get down on some settlers of Catan, I feel. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, and so, yeah, Nerdapalooza, that's, that's yeah, August 18th through the 20th, uh, the, the Orlando, Florida, at the convention center. I think it's the Orange County Convention Center in Florida. Um, so, yeah, go there. Come see Death Star, because it's likely going to be the only chance to see Death Star, unless we just keep going back to Nerdapalooza. Then you'll see us repeatedly. Cool. Well, uh, before we get into another tune and kind of wrap up this discussion about uh the new album. album. We promised this a while ago. Gordon and I had at one point sat down and came up with a couple of lines for your mom. I'm so excited. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hand this over to you because I can't rap. I wouldn't even pretend to. But uh, I don't know. How, how you guys want to do it if you each want to trade it off and see if you can actually rap that crap or <laughs> what? Okay. All right. So the, this, these are uh, Gordon and I's additions to Your Mom by Death Star. All right. I'll do two. She's so big inside, King Kong barely felt her. She's hands out more pussy than an animal shelter. Oh, <laughs> oh good lord, that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. She fucked all 99% and the moral majority. Your mom imports so much semen, it shames the Port Authority. Holy crap! That is top-level your mom joke right there. Moral majority. Good dig on the moral majority. When it comes to sucking dick, your mom's a savant. When it comes to fucking her, simply list those who have it. When it comes to disarming cock, she's the bomb. When it comes to coming world, uh, in your mom. <laughs> that was a good flow there. That was really good. <sighs> okay. She calls us each morning to clean her pipes like a plumber. She asks us if we would, and we're laying the lumber. 
I like that wood hominin pump. I'm, I'm not going to deny it. That's yeah. clever. That's the kind of thing. Okay, as a rapper, that's the kind of thing. Here, you can have this back. I don't Thank you. I'm going to go and fold that up and put it in my box. Um, yeah. We're gonna re- <laughs> that's yours. This is what's going to happen. That's going to get recorded to the beat of your mom, and we're going to release it to the Kickstarter fans. Yeah, we, we oh. will release your mom's special, uh, special bone bat edition. Mm, special bone bat edition. Well, that's a guarantee. We you are definitely not worthy of that. Uh, I don't know. You, you are, and we're going <laughs> to. Also, because who doesn't want more of that song? Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and realistically, considering how much we've done your mom, doing uh, it again really doesn't uh, seem strange. Right. Absolutely. All right. Well, this next tune now is kind of a shift in gears a little Ooh. bit, right? Steve, is this one yours? Uh, why does everyone assume this is yours? This is a it's sad song, and it's you said you do the sad ones. Sad That's what threw me. No, this no. is a Jess number. This, right. this, um, this is a three-piece. Uh, you know, I'll just let him talk. Okay, so uh, Cosplay had originally thought that we had never done a song about Legos, and maybe that was a good idea. And I sat and thought about it, and I'm like, what if we call it The Architect? And we write a song about an autistic kid who expresses himself through Lego construction. And he looked at me and he was like, that's kind of a good idea. So we took it very seriously. Now, uh, it's important to note, like, my son is disabled. He has right side hemiplegia. He had a stroke when he was born. And he has seizures. He's generally a normal kid. But, you know, since becoming a father, you know, for the past four years, I've really become more sensitive to the idea of children with disabilities, kids who are differently able, who have learning disabilities and all of that. And I realized that hip-hop does not really take on these these topics very often. And moreover, who better than Nerdcore to tackle the concept of autism and the autism spectrum since there are so many people in the, you know, sort of nerdy subculture who have some sort of spectrum disorder from this and you know, this really strikes home for people like that. So we took the subject matter very seriously, and we're very lucky in the fact that Bill Beats created a beat that was just perfect to cradle the concept of the song, and uh, it, it really just kind of came forth from both of us very naturally and organically. I know it's it's kind of odd to have a very earnest song from Death Star, but we both felt very strongly on the subject. Indeed. That's all I have to add. Here it is. I hope you dig it. Set from understanding desires without discussion, needs without demanding social handling, complex communication is skewed, but mechanically inclined toward the strange and the new. True to form, disassembling and dissembling is to buy computations for imagination, cameras for eyes, requiring objects to reorder and mechanics to fix. Fixated on a rubber tub, a multicolored brick. Not toys don't misunderstand. It's not so simple a plane to make associations for that order of brain, but infinite I- Mean no stop at ad instructions past the straightforward purpose to complicated construction. Observation and deliberation slowly reveal that the skills develop inwardly and shaped in the meal. The mind driven by chemistry to connect and correct, shaping a misunderstood child into a Lego architect. First full-fledged form of expression, bored with depression, forward impression, more progression toward a core of attention, some mentions in local periodical, non-vocal, near prodigal, theosophical, 
not probable, but their response was audible. Branded, built to build, construction conveys both crisp and concisely, more precisely, precise than their verbal niceties. No bright lights, please, prefer the spotlight was dimmer. Don't interrupt, no concerns or delight is the winner. Not finished, need a four-piece square blocked and poor, please, more stock. Now stop, you're boring, back off, recording top spot on YouTube, and now you would cut through the focus through undue compassion that they think goes unnoticed. They're impressed with the skill, but also the condition. Precision for purpose, meticulous for mission, be the finest at this, but it'll never meet their vision. An awareness of greatness, no pursuit of permission. of the puzzle merely links in the chain connecting all the dots to what he thinks in his brain the reigning refrain more material larger spaces building Taj Mahal so plastic for varied places and faces renowned but unknown unknowable aptitude placing sectional compositions with such great exactitude for the gratitude of judges he won't deign to address the goal was ever to build but never impress considered bitter blunt a sitter stunt never a quitter endless hunt for a better front a better sort of bricker quicker of wit would likely be the next type of successor representing the colors smile brighter laugh fresher it isn't the pressure but a caress for order and chaos it isn't the glamour or the offer of poor prize paid off he'll be laid off one day but right now at this moment he's the best lego architect in the world without the throne <laughs> and we're back that tune was the architect <laughs> By Death Star. Not a funny tune at all. I don't know why no. I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We must sound like the worst people coming back. Oh, this song's about autism. So, Gord, <laughs> so, so Gord, you got a political rant this week? Yes. Yes, I do. I, I was reading the paper, the sports section, actually. A part of the paper I rarely even notice unless it's football season. But football season is upon us. Yes. Just about, yeah. Oh, God. And, and pursuant to, to a rant I had uh, a little ways back, I noticed Riley Cooper from the Philadelphia Eagles. He got himself in some, some hot water because he was apparently uh, video recorded saying some pretty terrible racially insensitive things. No. Now, what's impressive is that his football team, here and now during training camp, said that he is going to seek counseling and this team has excused him from all team activities. You don't get excused from team activities if your spouse dies at this point in the season. There is there is nothing that gets you out of team activities at this point of the season, but racial insensitivity is such a gigantic flipping deal that they have excused him so he can deal with the fallout of saying dumbass things and getting caught on video. Oh, right? he's, he's excused from being on the team anymore. I bet you he's cut within a year. Probably so, but at this point, he's not even in camp, yeah. right? Because yeah. of racially insensitive and stuff. And how do you make the team if you're not in the camp during training camp? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, but it's a big deal. Next story down, headline is about a team called the Redskins. please nfl get it together item two and the final item everybody's favorite government agency the tsa you know those guys from your airport misadventures 
They are competent. They are fun-loving. They are oh so good at their jobs. And their role is expanded now. You don't have to pay too much money to be squeezed into an aluminum tube speeding through the sky at thousands of miles an hour. No, you can encounter the TSA by going to your favorite concert, ball game, possibly nerdcore show. I don't know. Never I can't wait happen. to be asked to take my shoes off before I go to see Death Star. <laughs> do you want God Death Star to ask Death you Star. to do that? Uh, please, we're acknowledging Asian culture at this concert, cause, so can you remove your shoes before you enter this dank bar? <laughs> yeah, I'm just wondering if they're going to stop cosplay and ask him how he weaponized his feet. <laughs> they might. I don't think they could use a big word like weaponized. Yeah, you're smuggling in a whole lot of bacteria under those toenails. Bioweapon right there. Cosplay is barefoot right now, and I just have to say... It does really look like someone condemned your feet. Doesn't it, though? Like, they are just rough these days. Yeah, why do you have these weird matching blotchy marks uh, on the side of your feet? My girlfriend made me get different, like, slip-on, sandaly, floppy shoes because the ones I had were, like, two years old and they were really ratty. And every time I get a new pair for, like, the first year that I wear them, they injure my feet. And then my feet become even more hobbit stone-like monsters. I know you guys at home can't see this, but let me go ahead and use my poet's mind to describe to you the fact that the hair growing out of the top of his feet looks like the kind of scrub and bracken you might hire someone in Ballard with goats to come out and, like, eat. (laughs) And... Like, right around the heel and on the underside and the arch and stuff like that, you you really do get the feeling that you might have to take a chisel to it to get it off. Like, it looks like it might eat a petty egg for lunch. Like a hard-boiled petty egg. Uh, I bring it into Asian women, and they run in terror at the pedicure place. His nails, you know those commercials that uh, upset everyone where the little bacteria thing flips up the toenail and then crawls inside? This thing looks like the fucking sleeping bag it would take on its camping vacation and shit it. Like, his feet really do look like someone got homeless on the Flintstones. (laughs) A weird divergence. I feel like you could step on a thumbtack and bend it. I have, actually. You're welcome. Like, if you walked on a bed of coals, I feel like it would just kind of smell like melting plastic. (laughs) Like lava might come out. Anyway, those are Cosplay's feet, ladies and gentlemen. Bill Beats and I are decent in wearing shoes. Anyone in this room named Steve is not wearing yeah, shoes. Yeah, I'm in my own fucking house, so yep. get bent. He has normal feet, though. <laughs> like, they're like, they're pinkish, and they look like a human might wear them. <laughs> Admitted, admittedly, my toes are kind of rough. There's the broken one and the one that's had the nail ripped out of it I like a half dozen teeth. toes broken. Yeah. I didn't even bother getting it reset. I just let it grow back wrong. I'm just like, I'm just like, I don't have health insurance. I'm from the United States. Your feet are grayer than Gandalf. They're ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, but that's been true since I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. So basically, my rant is really, really TSA. We haven't had enough of you. Uh, you're you're going to get out there. Well. And- it search people randomly. I think it's the statistics, Gord. It's the TSA has stopped. Uh, uh, let me count them. No terrorist attacks on planes since they've come into play. That's a pretty good record, I think. They're batting they, a thousand. They're batting a thousand. They have. But managed, they would argue there hasn't been any terrorists because attacks. because of that. Which, which so is, that's they, why they would argue staying around long enough through. to take credit for which good is, things which that is, happen. 
which is a wrong argument. Yeah, because that argued falsely. Yeah, right. the air marshals would argue, oh, we've stopped a number. Yeah, most <laughs> of the uh, most of the terrorist attempts that have been stopped since 9-11 have been stopped by uh, citizens. Yeah, and, or people that work for that airline, or the already existing things that had and been... And Batman. And Batman. And that had been stopping them. And basically, I'm still mad that I can me- remember as a child being able to meet people at the fucking gate. Oh, now I can't. God, I'm still God, mad about tell it. Tell me about it. Uh, all those movies, all those memories, all gone. All gone. Now, I gotta say, though, having the TSA there does at least allow me, someone who surprisingly travels by air fairly frequently for as fat as I am, um, to have great moments. Do you have to buy uh, a third seat? No, no, I don't, but I do have to use the seatbelt extender. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm charming and charismatic, so nobody notices how fat I am until I've actually sat next to them. But, uh, you know, like, whenever the TSA has to pat me down, I always say, like, could you say this is our little secret? Or just go, as soon as they start patting my legs. Like, I just make it as uncomfortable for them as possible. I promised if I ever had to go through a full body scanner, I would find little metal letters like you would, uh, you know, glue to, like, a door or something like that and just run them down my leg saying, oh, yeah. So that when they run it through the scanner, they look at my bones like, what the fuck? That guy's leg says, oh, yeah. I would pull a spinal tap and put a cucumber in my pants with tinfoil around it. Yeah, you know, exactly. Why tinfoil? That was the funny thing about that. It always just killed me. Derek Smalls, rock on. So great. <laughs> uh, yeah. The great Harry Shearer. So is that it? That's it, man. That's your, that's your political rant? That, yeah, that's it. TSA, get off my great on bus. TSA holes. Why don't we listen to another tune? Now, we're going to switch gears a little bit. Basically, fuck cosplay. We're going to have a Rook the Rhymer song. Yeah. Something from Jess featuring Bill Beats. Uh, what, what is this song called? All right, this song is called Wishful Drinking. It originally appeared on uh, Bill Beats for President Volume 1 under the mistaken title of Buy Me a Drink because Bill Beats never, ever listens to us when we say what songs are actually titled. He's never been able... Like, only recently... In recording, has he been like, what do you guys call this song? Because I'm actually titling them that. And I'm like, really? Because we're just getting used to calling them whatever it is you call them. So you know what we're talking about. That's why I got a song in the mail today called The First One. Yeah. Th- <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Bill Beats. So, uh, so yeah, for people who don't know, which is everyone, Rook the Rhymer is my MC name when I'm not in Death Star and not doing nerdcore stuff. So this is actually more of a hip-hop track. But it's about alcohol, so it's still right up your alley and down your throat. Bill Beats and I will be working on the first Rook the Rhymer album, which is probably going to be called Vernacular, as soon as we're done meeting Kickstarter expectations. But this is just a little taste of what that's going to sound like. I'm done with the endless complaining It's straining my brain and I don't need to worry But this shit leads to infinite bitching Hit me with another beer And please hurry Cause if I'm not guzzling whiskey or bourbon Then surely I'll just end up waxing pathetic On the other hand, drinking this ceaselessly Might need, I'll need an IV and a medic 
but what would you do when the optimism's through? When you find no more reason for smiling? When the rational mind finds existence unkind, it will see pure pot still is beguiling. The political gas played no longer for last while the nation is falling to shambles. Man, I'm sorry for slurring, but when I get to worrying, I need shots of rum or I ramble. This unquenchable summer's the most mentionable bummer. I hope the heat cools by December. And November is near with elections unclear as the self-centered get-rich agenda of the candidates named on whose heads will be blamed all our problems come end of December. How the fuck's it make sense that my just recompense is the best salary I've ever taken? But my cupboard is bare, funds as thin as my hair. I can't manage to bring home that bacon. And that kind human nature's been corrupted by haters. We can't stand to keep each other near. It's the end times I fear, so just pour me a beer so you can pour me another beer. Let me tell you a story that's that I finish and spent drowning all of my sorrows. I'd simply reuse it to drink all your booze in the quest for a drunker tomorrow. Then again, come to think, I've had that much to drink and this tavern needs constant restocking. So that's not much to say. Put NIPA on my coaster so I can keep talking. We've all got our quibbles, some big but most little, and the truth is when it's said and done. It's beyond 99, all these problems of mine, and a bitch is more of them than one. But I've always got liquor to kickstart this bum ticker in the rocks with all their blissful clinking. When I'm drunk, I'm content with the life I've misspent. Then again, could just be wishful drinking. Let me tell you a story that's sad but true about someone who just made. Alright, once again, that was Wishful Drinking by Rook the Rhymer. Now, you can find that one on Bandcamp. Uh, go to deathstar.bandcamp.com. Go there. You can download that cut and all the other great Death Star music. If you don't want to wait for the new album, you can get some stuff right now to hold you over for a couple of weeks. Some of it is free. Some of it is even free. Yep. Alright, gentlemen, how about a little multimedia triage? What are you guys all digging on these days? Oh, thanks. Alright, so I'm starting today. Currently, I am spending an awful lot of time on children's entertainment because I have a four-year-old son and I like to distract him so that I can go drink, <laughs> which is, you know, what watching the kids is like at, uh, at my place. Um, what kid shows have you been watching with your son? Okay, so the kid shows that I've been watching, other than movies, uh, Ice Age 4 Continental Drift is very popular at our house. <laughs> Good God damn it. Jesus hey, Christ. Ice Age 3 sucks so hard. Y- yeah, it y- broke me from that series. You I don't think say I that. Sit down and watch another Ice Age film. You say that, but have you watched it 80 times? 
because I have. <laughs> no, I, I, I paid money. I paid good American Yankee dollars to sit in a theater and watch that thing. And I heard that, hey, Simon Pegg is a lemur. This is going to be great. No, that movie was dog shit. Yeah, see, we own it, and uh, my son loves it. And uh, as, as bizarre as it is for me to have a, a movie called Ice Age Dawn of the Dinosaurs in my house, uh, I've sort of accepted the fact that I'm fucked as a parent and don't really have control. And Queen Latifah is going to remain a part of my life even after living single. <laughs> in fact, my alternate rapper persona is King Latifah at this point in my life. I see. I've come but for as my a dad, now maybe Gordon and I can help you here. Now this is the opportunity for you to steer him to better stuff. Because sure, there's that, but hey, what about Iron Giant? You know what? Yeah. Iron Giant... Is- there's mo- There are films that are the shit. It's really damn good, and my son is the proper age, so maybe I should move on that. I have really been pushing Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Okay. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles will be coming up. Thundercats, not the old one, which is terrible, but the newer one, which is actually pretty good. But my son is finally growing an appreciation for Adventure Time. Yeah, Adventure Time. Oh, cool. Which, it makes me very happy because I really like Adventure Time. Yeah, I watched this last night. Yeah, whenever I see it, I'm so impressed with how good it really is. Yeah. And how much is kind of from our generation and the nerd mindset Mm. is sunk into that. It's beautifully. There's boulders and there's Dungeons and Dragons. It's beautifully set up for that. All kinds of great shit is put in little tiny bits in that show. Pendleton Ward really knows his audience. And in that, essentially, he has a children's show where adults are getting it on a level that kids are not just missing, but aren't meant to understand because they're not going to get the references, but revisiting this later on in their lives, rather than being disappointed like I was the first time I went back and watched original Thundercats, they'll be like, oh my god, this show was so much better than I ever thought it was when I was a kid. And I I feel similarly towards shows like The Amazing World of Gumball, which is actually pretty funny, but the real joy is the fact that Pixar films are every bit as good as you thought they were the first time you saw them, the 30th time you see them. For the most part, yeah. Yeah, with the exception I mean, with yeah. the exception of Cars. You got I was going to say, God forbid you have to watch Cars more than... Yeah. Bugs Life is great, isn't, isn't there? Incredibles, Monsters, Inc., yeah. all the Toy Stories, Finding Nemo, they're all Ratatouille, they're all great. My son loves them all and can quote them all back to me, and we will sit and watch them. But I, I tell you what... The number one greatest hit for my son right now that has pleased me to no end is he and I watching Relaxing on the Couch to Fraggle Rock. Jim Henson reigns supreme. He is the greatest. And Fraggle Rock is amazing, even as an adult. It is a fantastic show. Also, I've been reading like a madman. Uh, I, I know that we're not on the podcast frequently enough for anyone to like really keep track of this, but I read more than anyone you will ever, ever meet. I read so much, it's insane. I recently read uh, the year's best science fiction and fantasy 2010, and I hit a number of fantastic authors on that that I'm going to definitely look up again. But that was pretty damn fantastic. But I tell you what, for me, catching up to this, the big winner is John Scalzi's Old Man's War series. 
Yeah? Yeah. I've got that here, and it's one of the books I've got to get around to. Really, like, have you read The Forever War by Joe Haldeman? No, All right, well, like half your audience has. And uh, the other half that hasn't read that has read Starship Troopers by yes, Robert Heinlein. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Starship Troopers and the Forever War are both the big, uh, you know, futuristic military stories. Well, Scalzi obviously is a huge fan of both books and decided to synthesize those materials and write a short, sweet, to-the-point modern sci-fi military epic in Old Man's War. I mean, really, in about 230 pages, I think, it punches through the tropes of both of those books, makes all of the great points, gets awesome characterization and personalization, and does not overstay its welcome. I read the whole damn series. I read that. I moved on to the Ghost Brigades immediately afterwards, and that was a great follow-up with some similar characters but different leads. Right after that, The Last Colony, you revisit similar characters, but it's in a totally different setting. Zoe's Tale after that, which I don't really recommend unless you're a completist, because it's essentially The Last Colony from the point of view of a teenage girl. So there there you go. It was kind of a rough read. But after that, we get to The Human Division, which was a serial novel that Scalzi wrote. And I'm not normally a fan of a serial novel because to me it kind of seems like holding your story for ransom. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, pay me some money and I'll give you a bit of the story. And if you pay me money again, you'll get to read the rest of the story. That's bullshit. But Scalzi really takes it to the next level. Every other chapter, all the odd chapters in the human division, I think, are following a group of characters, one of whom is familiar from the earlier books and the rest of whom are introduced early on in the story. But the even-numbered chapters take the points of view of characters who are sort of ancillary to the story and give you a broader picture. And the whole thing kind of comes together as this sort of major political sweeping movement. It was really an excellent use of the form and uh, made me really glad to be a Nook owner. Uh, I own a Nook. If you own a Kindle, great. I don't have brand loyalty. It was a gift. But... (laughs) For serial novels, as far as that's concerned, it was excellent, and I highly recommend reading it. John Scalzi really did rock my world with that, and I thought it was really, really worth the read for all of those books, even the teenage girl one. Cool. How about you, Cos? What's going on? Uh, To elevate the conversation, I've been really into three- and four-body penetration porn. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm still thinking about that child size real doll. Anyway, um... And you always will be. No, uh, so I don't read. I used to. As he proved earlier, trying to read those your mom lyrics. <laughs> that gave you a taste of <laughs> taste of what it's like in the studio. Yeah, fuck right it, there. I wrapped them like I wrote them. Yeah, um, <laughs> so I've been playing Last of Us on the PS3, and it's as amazing as everyone says. So what I, what I hear, I mean, I don't own a PS, yeah. a PlayStation, so mm-hmm. I, I haven't had a chance to play it. But what I've heard is it has a really cool scientific twist on zombies. Eh, but <laughs> it does. It does to a degree. I'm not going to ruin the story for it because that twist is the whole story. Oh, so. okay. I didn't um, realize. But here's the deal. That's it's chlamydia. Studio, <laughs> it's chlamydia. <laughs> uh, that studio, Naughty Dog, has released great game after great game for the last decade. They were the studio that did all the Uncharted games, which were all excellently reviewed and excellent to play. Before that, on the PS2, they did Jack and Daxter. And so That's the they, same studio? Same studio. I'm sorry, I'm kind of a video game outsider, but like that 
Like, I know both of those series, yeah. and I would never have guessed. And then before that, they did Crash Bandicoot. No shit. Yeah, so they're just fucking slapping people with their big Sony programming dicks. I'm sorry, um, I, I'm like the people out there who's like, what? Darth Vader is Luke's father? <laughs> yeah, for those I that, know, I, I, I'm socially retarded Follow that shit, I'm sorry. And I'm a video game equalist. I buy systems so that I can play good games. I don't really care what they come out on. I have long since abandoned the console wars because every two generations it changes the players anyway. And every console makes the same mistakes once they get comfortable in their lead. Point of fact, Xbox, the Xbox, Xbox One, with them being like, meh, no more used games. Suddenly, cold turkey. That's not going to come back to bite us in the ass, right? And then it did. Um, bit off their ass. Well, and then they backed you. Them. Let me ask you what I asked Gord. Uh, at this point... Are you fine weaning off of the hard copy purchasing model and going straight to downloadable content you know, for games? You know I am, and here's why. I'm fine weaning off of it, and I want to I want to stress that because because uh, you like to say weenie. I like I like I like weenies. Um, <laughs> no, I, I want to stress that, and the reason I'm fine weaning off of it is because I am one of those people that takes full advantage of the used game market. I use a site called Half.com, which is basically a plug-in to eBay that grabs all the buy it nows. And I go to the um, the video game section. I pull up 360 because more people have 360 used games. And then I sort by price, and I work my way up the price chain and open new tabs and shop in bulk. And But my average game purchase cost, unless it's a game released by BioWare, is about 20 bucks. Video game-wise, this is where Cosplay and I share a lot of trades. All of my video games for Xbox have been purchased and used. Yeah, and, and I'm a big fan of used games. However, the PC market and Steam have proven that new games can come down there. They can come down to that level. They can recognize that if it's been out for two years, they can cut its price by 60-70%. Let's not undersell, by the way, the value of the Humble Bundle in this. Yo, that too, that, which I've done a lot of. Yeah. But oh, I've done it for Like you're saying, for Steam, I got Steam. Bioshock 1 and 2 for, I think, a total of 12 bucks. Yeah, exactly. Which was like 40 hours and of top-notch gaming. The argument that people make for the loss of used game market and the going to the downloadable models and everything the PC has already done is that, well, PC did it. Steam did it. Uh, Humble Bundles have done it. Why wouldn't consoles do it? Because consoles don't have to do it. Because you can't torrent on consoles as easily as you can torrent. If Bioshock doesn't come down to $12 for 1 and 2 because they're hella ancient in video game terms, then someone's just going to get a torrent because they don't need the online play aspect of it. So the PC makers need to reduce those prices for a combination of the ease of theft and the fact that there is no used market so the reduced price will actually sell. So that will happen. It will happen with, with console games. It will happen slowly. It will happen by doing what Xbox Gold is doing now on 360, which is what PlayStation Network has been doing since PlayStation Plus launched, which is by providing free, free games for bonus people that are paying monthly, trying out games, deeper discounts because you're paying monthly for that service and everything like that, to the point where the... Uh, I think it's like five bucks a month for PlayStation Plus Network pays itself off every month with new content for you that you keep as long as you're a PlayStation Plus member or in many cases with the sale and discounts you get like Steam. That will happen, but it needs to not happen right away. You can't just take used games from the console market and have them be like, oh, that's cool. 
I'll just let this game, like God of War is a good example on the PS2. It came out for $50, and God of War stayed at $50 for nearly a year. That is retarded. A game a year old should not cost the same that it did a year prior. And no one remembers the good old days of Nintendo when cartridge games were 70 bucks, and that's just how much they were forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nintendo's yeah. pretty good about the the sort of price fixing aspect. Yeah, of, they, they fix prices. You, yeah, you don't get it. Whereas Xbox has been good about, you know, they put it out, and, and then, then three there's a game of a, there's a game of the year edition maybe in six months with all the DLC, the da- DLC for twenty for bucks 20, for twenty yep. thirty bucks, and 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 they will do that. Who doesn't buy Borderlands with everything know, for right? twenty bucks? Right, such a good deal, and so. So I think it'll happen. I just think that the market needs to let it happen. The networks and the publishers need to slowly make it more logical for you to buy it soft. And then when people get used to that, and you don't require shit to be online because that's just stupid. It's stupid on Steam. It's stupid on anything else. Do not require me to play a single-player game and be connected to the Internet at the same time. That's just dumb. It it seems like there's a, a certain transparency that could exist there. That, yeah, we're checking. I'm online every once in a while. We know you're there. Without the, okay, we're going to check, and you yeah. have to. Yeah, and you have to register this, yeah, and also our the, camera takes the, shots of you while you're playing. Right. The it, dick, it's a cell to come. It's not an insane asylum where they have to go checks and check in your room to make right, sure you didn't kill yourself. these are your fucking customers. It, yeah. The dictatorial aspect of that yeah, and, blows my mind, well, I, I, and it, that makes me say, hey, fuck you. Maybe I, I'll buy a different system. I'd read on Cracked recently, and this is a perfect way of expressing this. That game companies with their uh, DRM and with their constant online, they need to stop punishing their customers for the things their non-customers do. And what I mean by that is stop punishing the people who buy your games for the shit that the people who've proven they will not buy your games by downloading them illegally are doing. Don't keep ramping up all of the shit that you require the people who are happy to give you money to do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. learn the lesson that HBO learned with a Game of Thrones. Everyone wants <laughs> to watch your show. Nobody wants cable. Let them buy it online. If you don't, we'll all fucking torrent it. I mean, seriously, I have torrented every season of a Game of Thrones because I don't want cable television. I would otherwise pay for it. You know what we do? We get HBO for literally 10 weeks. And yeah. we shut it off. Yeah, I would do and the same. The, it costs like, you know, not everybody can do it, but it's like, costs the same as a box set. I would do the and same, but it. It, it comes so naturally to me to be villain. I mean, like... <laughs> yeah, uh, media-wise, other than that, not ranting on video game, DRM, and X. I can't help but talk about generations of consoles, because I love the history of it. Media-wise, watching Falling Skies... Uh, just pulled into the third season. I really, yeah, yeah. That show starts rough and it gets good. It starts really it's rough. Got good acting and Doug Jones is in it this season. Yeah, yeah. It, okay, I really like Doug Jones, so that's yeah. actually surprising. I, I, I will say the first season of Falling Skies. I was like, I watched the first couple episodes and I'm like, okay, this is background stuff. I have a you lot of stuff I to like do. You know, I like Doug Jones too. I have a lot of stuff to do for Death Star. I'll just play it in the background. And then something happened in the last two episodes of the first season, and it's like they figured out what they how they were supposed to write the show. 
And then they wrote it that way, and they wrote it that way through the entire second season. So it's like a reverse Heroes. It is like a reverse Heroes, <laughs> um, where it just gets crappier and crappier. And then I, We're going to introduce a circus. I'm only three episodes into the third season, which I was super pleased to see was extra long. And it's just solid. I'm not going to say it's like The Wire, or it's like Game of Thrones, or anything like that. But it is a really enjoyable science fiction film. Is it like Supernatural? No. It's better than Supernatural. I'd say, really? I'd say it's consistency is better than Supernatural. Because once they hit their groove, especially in the second season, you realize that they have that point. That what made Supernatural good was that overarching thing with the independent portions telling the story. And they totally take that. Alright, good but, recommendation. Yeah, it's one big arc of point with small chapters of journey there. I can dig that. I mean, I'm the one who tells everybody, okay, okay, like, get through the first season of Parks and Recreation so you can get to the second yeah. season. Yeah, and then, and, and it really is... Gordon it, and I were just talking about this. Yeah, yeah it's, what a terrible first season to get to an amazing second season. So I highly recommend it. Uh, first two seasons are on Netflix. Uh, you can buy the third season on iTunes and stuff like that, or you can torrent it or wait for it to come onto Netflix. But it's also, if you have cable, I think most yeah. of it is still actually on demand. Yeah, a lot of it's still on demand, um, and it's it's super worth it. They don't get chintzy with the aliens, which I like. Like, a lot of alien shows, it's like, aliens are vading, it's all shadows, and then, you know, they're like, fucking alien, right fucking there. <laughs> aliens all the goddamn time. Damn. And so that, that, that is really nice, and... I was worried they were going to lost it and, like, bury everything you wanted to find out. And, no, no, they just give it to you after an appropriate amount of wait time, not after, like, fucking two and a half seasons to find a bigger mystery where it's all just some sort of dream or they're dead or some stupid screen goes black. I'm pretty sure it's the same thing as The Sopranos. (laughs) So, can I take a half second to talk about how amazing the Humble Bundle is? Go for it. All right, so... I've been a fan conceptually of the Humble Bundle for some time because I love the idea of different game studios being like, you know what, let's go ahead and allow all of our stuff to be packaged together in an affordable package. People can decide how much they want to pay for it, and if they pay over a certain amount, they get extra, and if we make over a certain amount, we get even more, and everybody makes money. I really got into it because I love books so much. I, I may not have mentioned that fact. <laughs> but uh, I got into the Humble Sci-Fi Bundle. And I really have to say, I have not gotten more bang for my buck since I discovered Genesee Cream Ale was a buck eighty at the store near Bill Beat's house. Uh, but uh, really, it was like... I know, right? It is really cheap. Yeah, it's really cheap. Uh, MC Foods. What can I say? But... Uh, was uh, it was five books, five books, and if you paid nine bucks, or it was three three books for whatever you wanted, but five books if you paid nine bucks. And so I bought it because I was like, "Yay, more eBooks!" And one of them is Will Wheaton's "Just a Geek," and I wanted to read that. Like three of the books were things I already wanted to read. Well, they hit some sort of goal, and they're like, "Yay, we're going to give you four more books just because," and they were great books. And I was just sort of amazed. I was like, for the amount of money I paid, I really feel like I got a lot. And I see exactly how much, because I chose exactly how much, went to charity, went to the authors, and went to the people running the Humble Bundle. And they do this shit every week. You can get apps for your phone, you can get games for your PC, you can get all kinds of crap. 
It's one of the greatest, most ingenious ideas I've ever seen. I'm, Even I've, music. Yeah, yeah, music. They've done music before. They, they've done video game soundtracks. The straight video up. game soundtracks thing I think is awesome. And uh, it was one of them because there was like Frontalot and uh, Colton. Yep. And there was a whole bunch. Yeah, of it was like nerd a nerd, yeah. nerd indie, or nerd, nerd indie humble bundle, and that was really good. Yeah, that was cool. That made me upset because I was thinking about doing something like that, and then it happened. Yeah. If, if well, now I'm people, not genius. If the humble bundle people actually ever hear this, we, we totally would be on board. You can talk to us. We'll put put our music in there. You don't have to give us anything. Just force our music on people. Like just be like, and free down, download from Death Star. We, we will do that. All right, well, we haven't heard from Bill Beats in a while. Bill Beats, what are you into these days? So, I have not been playing video games, watching TV. I watch Netflix every once in a while, but more just to go to sleep. So, I have not been anything media, really. And a lot of that is because of this damn album. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, for me, a lot of it's just been plugins for Pro Tools, just looking up plugins, trying to find new ones, and then finding a way to steal them so I don't have to pay for them. <laughs> <laughs> because they're crazy expensive. <laughs> um, yeah, everything Pro Tools is super expensive. If yeah. you used any other program. I know, right? It yeah. would just come with it. Yeah, re- re- Reason, Logic, F- uh, yeah, uh, yeah, FL Studio. Sonar yeah, Home it. Studio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All, exactly. All cheap. Pro, Pro Tools. Pro Tools. Yeah. Too, too, school, too cool for school. Yeah, exactly. And... Everything with Pro Tools, it all licenses through a dongle that you plug in. That's how it can tell if you bought it or didn't buy it. So getting past that is almost impossible. Like there, you have to really find some things to, to get past that. So, so that's what I've been doing recently. Short <laughs> <Sure> and sweet. <laughs> Not even you don't even have any iPod apps you want to talk about or anything. No, hey, dude, talk about your production apps for your for your tablet. Oh yeah, I got I got a couple cool things where um, where I can control. It's just a software that controls your DAW. So um, you might want to explain what a DAW is. Real yeah, quick. so recording, so like Pro Tools, Cubase, any of those. So what it allows you to do is you can see all the faders. You can control the faders. It's a it's a, just a controller, but it's through your iPad. Um, not bad. It was fifty bucks though, so it's not cheap. But uh, but it's nice because it's wireless, so you can be anywhere and just hit record. So, say if you wanted to record drums or, or whatever, you don't have to jump up and get to your computer to hit record. So that's nice. Um, and then the other thing that I recently got was uh, application for Serato, which is the software you use for DJing, or at least the software that I use. Um, and I can control all of the software through that app. So same kind of thing. But yeah, that's, that's about it, though. Cool. How about you, Gord? What are you reading, listening to, watching these days? Yeah, well, it's funny you talk about HBO and Game of Thrones because I uh, I actually subscribed. I, I switched to the, I don't even know if I'm Dish or, or the other one, but I switched from one to the other and they threw in um, HBO for three months for free. And they, they have this great thing where you can watch all their content on your computer. So I wanted to HBO watch... HBO Go. HBO Go. Yeah, HBO... No, yeah, right. So I wanted to watch it. And uh, on my... On my tablet. And I'll be goddamned if I could get it to work. There was a problem with my account. I could log in. It showed... I have it, but I couldn't actually access it. Every time I started to... You know, hit play and go, Oh... 
hey, if you want to watch this, you have to sign in. I've been signed in, you know, I, I have this for real, for legitimate, you know, I, I, I'm not stealing. I eventually gave up and just got a torrent of it and watched it that way. It was, <laughs> it was so Welcome to my club. Isn't that fucked up? Like, you're a paid subscriber and you are forced to result to crime in order to just take what you have coming to you, essentially. Yeah, and you know what's really sick is the guy that installed the system, the, the satellite dish, when he came out to do it. Here, I'm grabbing the control. Which one do I have? Dish. I have dish. So, the dish guy, he's talking to me about all the features and whatnot. I go, yeah, you know, I really want to watch Game of Thrones on my, uh, on my tablet. And he stops and goes, well, are you very technically savvy? I go, yeah, I don't know, I guess. He goes, you know what a torrent is? Like, yeah. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Oh, shit. Wow. This is the guy from the company that's installing it. Well, I've heard of people, though, like nowadays getting an email after they torrent like Game of Thrones saying, hey, we know you downloaded Game of Thrones. Happened to me. I downloaded The Wire and got that email. And I looked online for the information. They're like, yeah, ignore it. Yeah. um, Pretty much like unless you get a letter in the mail. Just fucking ignore. Yeah, the email comes from your service provider, not from the government or the actual content creator. And it's part of them trying to work with the content creators to do it. So they tag specific shows, a lot of premium cable shows. Because, of course, it, you know, arguably, if you're a super HBO series addict, it's damn near buying all of cable just so you can get HBO's series. Right. Because. Well, you're well. Well, you got HBO, Gord. You better be watching some Boardwalk Empire because that shit is out of hand. Good. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a really good it's, show. It's 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 an amazing show. Um, uh, if you're screaming liberal like me, Newsroom is great. Um, uh, Newsroom was just on for free the first season. It wasn't bad. We watched it. Yeah, it's it, you gotta agree. It's it's typical Aaron Sorkin. As long as you agree with his opinion, man, motherfuckers be monologuing. <laughs> God damn, Aaron Sorkin walk and talk. Could yeah. you imagine if you were at work and somebody just constantly monolog? It would be like talking to Jess Hart all the time. It would be. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, as long as as long as you're as long as you you kind of like pseudo line up with that to all the way line up with that kind of point of view. If you like the West Wing and what it gave you, news or, or Sports Night or that one season of Studio sixty or Social Network, because Aaron Sorkin's writing is the same on everything he writes, um, then you're into it. And if you don't, then don't watch it. I should point out, by the way, we we're talking about the uh, the letter you get from your ISP about downloading torrents. I've downloaded what I'm going to go ahead and say modestly is a terabyte of uh, television shows in the last two months, and I've gotten one email about uh, The Wire Season 4. So, uh, what I'm really saying here is... Keep stealing. Arr, matey! Pirates ahoy! Okay, back to Gord's media, because that wasn't really you enjoying media. That was you just being defeated by it. Well, it's Gord, though. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Gord, I have a question. Yeah. All right, so the last two times we've been on the show, you've, <laughs> you've seen a tit in the wild. You know, I, I almost had that as my uh, my lead-in story about how disappointed I am that the last two times you guys have been on, I have seen a tit in the wild. I have seen a free-range boob. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. You saw a free-range boob the last two times we were on the show. 
The yeah, thing is, nothing, nothing this time. I even went to the Nugget where I saw one, nothing. I went to the farmer's market where I saw the other, nothing. So disappointed. You, see, you guys but really let me down. We delayed this show by a week, so the fact that you didn't really take matters in your own hands and go to a strip club in the ensuing seven days just shows that you weren't committed. Is that really That's not in the range? wild. That's like going yeah. to the zoo to see an it, animal. I was going to say, it's the zoo of boobs. It's the boob zoo. You know what it's I think it is, It's going to the aquarium though? to see a fish. What I think it is, though, is that it's not uh, Halloween. When we did the last two around yep. Halloween, we did uh, yeah. Geeksgiving too, right? We yeah, did. We it was. Did. It was. They were always. Those were holiday boobs. Always right? in the autumn. So maybe, Gord, we have to come back so that you can see a boob in the. That's autumn. a lot of Death Star too frequently. Like well, we're already. It, pushing. You know what? It's worth it. <laughs> if you I didn't realize this was an autumnal free range boob. Thing. If you have it's to like sit through four hours of listening to Death Star to see a boob, you'll do that. Yeah. Sure. Wow, that reminds me of old school days on Showtime looking for porn. Like, if I have to sit through four hours of fucking Jeff Fahey to see a tit, maybe I'll do that. I think you guys know what I'm talking about. And Eric Emmanuel does whatever the heck, fine. You know what? I'll if it said Emmanuel on it, there were tits all over the place. You should be so lucky. I'm thinking more of movies like Dark of Night with James Brolin or something, some shit like that. Waiting for that one scene with that, that flash boob. For that one boob where Showtime said brief nudity, and I'm like, what is the brief nudity? And it's a dude's ass. Oh, how disappointing. Yeah, every I like time. I show they had bizarre, though, because it was like half an hour long, and you knew that twice in it there was going to be a skit with a topless woman. Absolutely, and, and it was like kind of the opposite of real sex, where you're like, it says sex right in it. How bad could it be? Real bad. Hippies jerking off on a mountain bad. Fat chicks in flour with fucking syrup on them bad. <laughs> And I like fat chicks, and it's that bad. Like middle-aged men jerking off the baked beans. Real, real sad. Real sex is like the the epitome of the desperate hopes of a teenage boy, because it's just like this is the, modern teenagers can't understand this because they all have high speed on their phone, um, and can look at porn comfortably on the shitter. But um, but. Uh, but, like, in the days when you had modem and people had to share phone lines and shit, you just didn't have access to porn all the time. And so, Real Sex would come on HBO and you wanted it to be so good. And that is dead on the description of it. Like, you, you, you'd finally be like, they'd be like, okay, this is about, like, a bikini con or, like, a stripper contest. And you're like, yeah. But then they, and you start getting that rub on. And then... <laughs> And then they fucking cut to the people that are running it, talking about it, and they're like 78 years old. Some some 80-year-old British new dude with a nose like a disease talking about <laughs> how he has a fart and fetish. So, so, oh, God. And then just be like, just uh, basically it ruined my sexuality. Like a goddamn 65-year-old Annie Sprinkle is giving a topless interview or some <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> You laugh because you know. Because I know who she is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not only that, I'm willing to bet that you've seen that episode. So, that's, you know, real sex. And what's really fucked up about that is, now that porn is ubiquitous on the internet, HBO and Showtime both have shows where it's like, fuck it, like, let's just give them tits. And porn stars host these sex shows now, so they're naked the entire time giving narration and exposition, 
so you can jerk off to the interstitials. But back in the day, you're like, come on, please, please get the chubby dude who's talking about having an orgasm about truffles off the screen. Like, why is that guy wearing a fucking garter? Like, I don't understand this at all. Why is there a cartoon? Oh, this time at least. You weep into your cum pile. Yeah, with your chafed dick <laughs> and your sweat sock. We just took know, you down a trip to memory lane to the red light district. Weeping into your cum pile should be the next Death Star. <laughs> you know what? Just for you, Gord. Thanks. Weeping into your cum pile. Oh, God. So, yeah. Steve, you want to bring us back? <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one. Tell and me that's not. Back. Tell me that's not making it to the show. <laughs> Absolutely, a very special eight-hour episode of Bombay. I think the last one was three hours long. The middle hour and a half of it was a deep inside Norwegian death metal or something. Yeah, it was pretty great too. Thank it you. It actually was. <laughs> you sound surprised, Gord. I am. That's funny. <laughs> so you've been to the movies recently. I've seen a couple of things, right? Yeah, I saw Pacific Rimming. <laughs> I liked Pacific Rim. I high-fived my son three times over my wife during that film. That wasn't your son. That was a real doll. That was awesome. <laughs> no, that was my son. By the way, real quick fist bump, raising your son nerdy. Boom. Yep, that's the way to go. Absolutely. Yeah. Giant- it was it was fun. I already forgotten it. It was ridiculous. It wasn't bad. You know. It was good. It was it was like Ultraman back in the day. Sure. You, you know, not a lot of plot to get in the way of the story, you know, there's just giant monsters punching giant robots i guess a little bit of melodrama which i kind of take i think coming from the probably you would agree the anime sort of history yeah, yeah that so. there's a lot of melodrama in that and so the kind of oh i was you know what happened to me in the past and my family was yeah. killed but it, it was still pretty fun the, the, the one thing though it was not without its stupidity and i was talking no. to Gord about this like, for instance, say you're going to go into the drift with somebody for the first time. Say you do it in a simulator. You've already said that there are simulators where I've got 51 kills in the simulator. Why not drift in the simulator before you take everybody in the world's life in your hands? So there was, like, dumb shit in the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was dumb, but it was satisfying. See, this is the, the reason that Pacific Rim was a great fun, enjoyable giant robots fighting giant monsters movie versus a giant monster turd of a movie like Godzilla 2000 or something like that. Oh god, that that sucked. Um, Is because the director managed to combine a bunch of different sort of movie tropes from stupid things that would on their own lean too heavy for a broad audience. Like, if you go with that classic Japanese monster movie... Kaiju. Yeah, and, and, and any kind of kaiju-style uh, movie, you get you get some of the audience, like I like them, but there's plenty of people that could give a fuck. And then you go with anime, and there's plenty of people that could give a fuck. You go with a mindless science fiction special effects romp, and you get something like Battleship, which is shitty. Oh, um, good God. But he combined them all, and then it's like he made Gypsy Danger, the main giant robot, 
like the fighting style of Gypsy Danger was like Dwayne the Rock Johnson with a sword. Like that's really what it was. The sword only when you push the sword button at the last minute. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean that was that was straight up a Voltron. Well, move. of course, yeah. But I, um, I was going to say like that's the Voltron thing. All five cats attack. We can't beat him. Form Voltron. Form Voltron. We still that can't was, beat him. That was Get one of the sword. high fives, man. Sword. sword. Fuck yeah. yeah. So the best moment in that movie, and this is a hell of a spoiler for this moment, but I don't care because I just keep telling people over and over again. There's this moment where the, the main robot, Gypsy Danger, has to go and fight this monster, and he's just been in the water fighting another monster, and he starts walking on up, and he's dragging a giant ship like it's a freaking pipe behind him and you're like the the music's playing and he's slow walking and i'm like that's the that's the guillermo del toro difference right there as a director other giant monster movies would have like these always about the big scenes the big fights the big explosion for him much like in the recent superman movie and stuff like that um for him it was about combining the classic senses of a normal just beat-em-up film into that in a believable way. That was a ass whooping with a two by four that was about to happen, and everybody in the theater knew what was about to go on. Someone was going to get a hit over the head with a giant ship. And, <laughs> and right. Don't mind all like, the people that might still be inside said ship. <laughs> uh, no you know one what? did. You know what? No one gives a crap about those That's people because right. the kaiju's would have killed them anyway. Call him Jaeger, super racist Russian stereotype, super racist Asian stereotype. It was like all of the best parts of so many terrible things in one joyous film. And Idris Elba, who is one of the greatest actors of our time. I love the fact that, uh, like you were talking about, The Wire, he's Stringer Bell in The Wire. He was uh, Heimdall in Thor. Absolutely. This guy who's got, yeah, Luther. That's that's the cop show I was telling you about, Gord. That's supposed to be amazing. It is amazing. A guy who is really good actor that does nerdy shit as often as he can. 28 weeks later, he was in that. Yep. He was in uh, yeah. Ghost Rider 2. No shit. He yeah. forgot about that. He was in The Losers. He was Roke in The Losers. Yeah, yeah. like Which is based on a comic book for people who didn't know that. Yeah. Awesome but, comic book, too. Uh, but yeah, Idris Elba is so good. Here's the deal. This is what has to happen. So I don't know what you guys' opinions were on, I, I can't recall. Man of Steel. Uh, on Man of Steel. What you guys' opinions were on that movie. I felt it was pretty good. It wasn't great. But it was better than most recent Superman movie attempts have been. I enjoyed the movie immensely, but it also had a lot to do with the fact that it was the first date night I'd had in three months. Yeah, and so... I like it. And just so you guys know, I made full use of that date night. So you fell asleep early. I drank five beers and fell asleep before 12 o'clock. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh... Idris Elba is so good, this is what I want, and I'm going to be disappointed because this isn't going to happen because I just don't trust it to happen. Idris Elba is a taller man. He is in amazing shape. Broad-shouldered. Broad-shouldered, British, great actor, does American accents. Commanding presence. Commanding presence. The next Superman movie is going to have to have Lex Luthor, even if he's just a bit character because it's a crossover with Batman. But the me- next Man of Steel, eventually Lex Luthor is going to have to play. Lex Luthor needs to be a charismatic, believably villainous, but believably two-faced, great actor to pull that role off. And who better than... Than Stringer Bell. That, Stringer you're Bell. describing that, him. I'm describing Stringer Bell straight up. You two-faced as... Like a 45-degree day. And freaking... 
Oh man, could Idris Elba look okay bald? He's a gorgeous black man, of course he looks okay bald. <laughs> and how amazing would it be to have Lex Luthor be bigger in overall just standing size and taller than the person who I believe is three inches shorter than him as an actor. Henry Cavill. That, Henry Cavill. When Lex Luthor shakes Superman's hand for like the first time, you play him as the politician, Lex Luthor, you're in. The story is yeah. written itself. You can just ride the actor's ability. Yeah, play the Lex Luthor who ended up becoming president of the United States. Yeah. That but, Lex Luthor. But like as like a governor or something more viable for a well, non-comic yeah, I mean, book actor. Just start him as businessman Lex Luthor. Running and, for and governor. Run him up to that level. But yeah, it's so good. And I want him so badly. And whoever they pick for Lex Luthor is probably not going to be Idris Elba. And it's going to make me hate that fucking film. Because I'll be like, Stringer Bell could have been... Stringer Bell could have been this role. This is like when I found out that Henry Rollins was not going to play the Punisher. (laughs) Henry Rollins is the Punisher in real life. Every day of my life he is. Anyway, that was a weird side tangent about Idris Elba specifically, but Pacific Rim was good. I'm going to take a quick moment on Pacific Rim and just say three really quick things. Number one, I feel like the film is definitely Guillermo del Toro's love letter to classic sci-fi and Japanese films specifically. Anime, kaiju films, and all of that. He really does embody all of that in the film. Uh, And then secondly on that... Uh, Guillermo del Toro does not get enough credit for his Quentin Tarantino-esque ability to synthesize pop culture into a really strong production of motifs, memes, and other tropes to just toss out a bunch of words. He just wanted to say motifs, memes, and tropes all in the same set. Well, I mean, you know, whatever gets me an erection. I think, though, that that's probably because he... the, The splashes of originality, almost every film he's done... With maybe the exception of Pacific Rim, you see something you've never seen on the screen before. Fair enough. Yeah, that's totally true. I mean, whether you're talking about... Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, Pan... Hands in the Eye. Pan's Ooh. Labyrinth, uh, both of the Hellboy films. Yeah. Uh, you know, anything that uh, Del Toro works on, uh, he has a definite creative vision for it. But really, he is an obsessive lover of pop culture, not unlike... Quentin Tarantino, but of course he comes from a different culture and background, and he has a different love for science fiction, whereas uh, Quentin Tarantino is way more of the crime film genre. But I don't think that Del Toro gets enough credit for the fact that what he's really delivering to the audience is sort of like a childhood fantasy of, what if we finally made a film that was this thing that you've always wanted, but is set up for your audience? What if we finally made... Of like Pan's Labyrinth. What if we finally made like the darkest, most terrifying, scary fairy tale you've ever experienced? Yeah. What if Labyrinth the or The it? Dark Crystal were for adults? You know that that's what that movie really is. A lot of people don't think about it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, yeah, it's it's just a, a real grown up version of Labyrinth. And so that's Del Toro all over. My third final point is really just based on two words, and that is Ron Perlman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for the rest of my life, Ron Perlman. Oh, my God. So good. I didn't even know he was in the movie going into watching it, and I was so happy that I didn't know that. Yeah. Because then he was there, and I was like, Ron motherfucking Perlman? Is that Magatu? Oh, my God, it's Ron Perlman. (laughs) What else you got, Gord? Total opposite. Uh, A much smaller movie. I don't know. You see this? We We really all should see this movie. Indie Gamer. No, I'm the only one. I haven't seen Indie Gamer. Indie Gamer? Yeah, it's a documentary 
uh, where the, the filmmaker followed these three very small teams, uh, one- and two-man teams, developers, making their own indie games. Oh, is that the one that has um, uh, uh, freaking um, Braid and... Um, That's and the one, freaking um, Braid, Super uh, Meat Boy, and Feds. Yeah. Like dimensional Crystal Alien Skulls and Fedoras? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. no. It's, it's really a cool movie. No, I've seen that one. I agree with you. I'm going to back you up on that. That is a great documentary. I've never even heard of this. It's you. You're, even though you know that these guys' games eventually came out and succeeded, your heart is bleeding for these guys that are working so hard and not even knowing really if the game is going to come out in any kind of usable fashion, let alone make them ten cents. And it just it's. I watched it with my kid who has visions of becoming a video game maker when he grows up, and I'm like, well, this is what they go through. But it's got great lessons of how real people really overcome obstacles. It's got great real-life lessons about how important it is to have a supportive uh, family or a significant other. And it's just, it's a well-made movie. And even if you don't care about games, you don't know the first thing about games, I've already told you everything you need to know. It's just a wonderful documentary. Sounds great. Um, streaming on Netflix. Yeah, streaming on Netflix or Hulu or various streaming things. Music in it is fantastic. It's made by a guy named Jim Guthrie who also did the soundtrack for Sword and Sorcery and uh, has done other little movie soundtracks and everything. Although, Gord, I gotta say, I agree with you on all of those points, but aren't some of those developers, like, extremely upsetting people separately from their trial? Like, I'm referring specifically to Super Meat Boy because it's got one guy that's just weird and then another guy that's just, like, every nerd you've ever met at a convention. Like, Like, there's the weird guy who's, like... He's emotionally so, like, wound up and everything, and he's really just odd. His way he responds to things is really odd. And then they've got, like, the bearded dude with, like, the girlfriend that's just, like, that's what people imagine all game developers are like. Because he's like, yeah, I just make these really offensive games online, and then we got into this one. And and he's like, he's like yeah, I want to drink a beer with that guy. But, like, it's really interesting to see the kinds of people that pour themselves into these games. And yeah. how, like you said with your son, you're like, this is how weirdly obsessive you have to become about your little child. Death Star albums, two months of intensive work, 12 months of massive procrastination, three minutes of trying to learn the song before we perform it on a con- in a concert to anyone who's seen us. It's a microcosm of our sex lives. Yeah, there's that creativity. There's the creativity of doing doing uh, like a painting and stuff like that. But a game is like a year and a half long eating your life and soul thing. I, I don't think there's anything quite as brutalizing as doing game development, including just writing, just book writing and stuff like that, because you just can't do anything else until the game is done. Yeah, and like that guy that was doing Fed, I mean, he had the tiger by the tail. He'd shown people a little bit of it, and then he just had legions of people that were saying, fuck you, why don't you finish this game that we want to buy? Yeah, and and, and and he's like, I'm, I'm working as fast as I can, you yeah. assholes. And people taking that away from him at different times and shit. Oh, yeah, shit and then the shady business. Oh, God, oh. the drama. You're right. That that movie, I've watched it kind of casually because it was on and I like video games. And the drama in that documentary is nicely, nicely packaged. Whoever directed that documentary should get a gentle golf clap from the audience because it's fan fucking tactic. <laughs> I think he got Sundance Award. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what he deserves. Yeah, and then back up to the big stuff. I read, I read, I watched uh, The Wolverine, 
latest X-Men whatever in the theaters. Latest Hugh Jackman with his shirt off movie. Yeah, the latest. Uh, he didn't do nearly as much. No, I saw him recently in the movie 43, and he kept his shirt on, but he had balls that grew out of his neck. <laughs> yeah, I saw that movie. That was a little rough to look at Hugh Jackman with neck balls. <laughs> I'm really not sure which one I like better, to say the truth. <laughs> no, how'd you like The Wolverine? And, you know what? The Wolverine, I, yeah, eh, it was an okay movie. It was a fun superhero movie. I'll forget about it next week. If you're looking for some escapist fantasy, great. It was a cool take on the Wolverine. I don't think they did anything terribly wrong, but like most of the X-Men movies as of late, it's utterly disposable. The only cool thing, the only thing that was different that I hadn't seen before was they took the whole fight on top of a moving train thing to a new level, and they did it on top of a bullet train going 300 miles an hour. That was pretty cool. I like that. Pretty epic. Yeah, you know what? You don't even really need to see this in the theater. You can you can watch it at home. Watch it on your TV. You're not missing that much. And I will. There you go. That's it. That's all my triaging for the evening. All right. Well, why don't we do some filthy jokes? Let's do it. All right. I got a. I've got a joke this time for our a long time listener. This one is for Stuart in Wales. Anybody that's made it through this show is a long-time listener. It's like six hours long. <laughs> I know. How does a Welshman find a sheep in the tall grass? How? How? Very satisfying. Because <laughs> oh, the Welsh people fuck sheep. Yes. Way to, way to be racist. <laughs> Thank you. That one goes out to Stuart. Hey, Stuart. And sheep fuckers everywhere. All right, so there's this crusty old guy sitting at a bar and he's sitting next to this woman and they're just both enjoying their drink silently and finally she turns to him and she goes tell me about yourself so he turns and looks at her he goes ma'am as soon as I was old enough to reach the controls I climbed in the cockpit of a T6 Texan and I took that plane up into the sky I flew and flew and flew and when World War II came to an end, I got out of the plane I was flying, and I got into another plane. And I continued to fly for the Marines until Vietnam, where I was flying an F-4 Phantom. And when I retired from the Marine Corps, I began my own business as an independent bush pilot in Alaska. And I flew, and I flew, and I flew. Every day, I wake up, and I get into an aircraft, and I take that machine into the air. What about you? What's your story? She goes, well, I'm a lesbian. Every morning I wake up and I think about women. And I hop in the shower and I think about women. And I drink a cup of coffee and I think about women. During my commute, during my work, during my lunch, think about women. Come home from work, on the commute home, I think about women. When I eat dinner and, and go to bed that night, I think about women. Third guy walks into the bar and sits down next to the old man, looks over at him and he goes, hey old man, tell me about yourself. Guy looks at him, he goes, well, up until just today I thought I was a pilot. Turns out I'm a lesbian. Because <laughs> <laughs> he thinks about women. Uh, yeah, I get you. 
Yeah, okay. Let's see where At least I wasn't there. insulting Welsh people, you fucking racist. Insulting. You've told those jokes before, too. Do you Not have, about the Welsh. Do you have a dirty joke? Can we start with Bill Beats for once, rather than you looking at me and going... Bill Beats doesn't have a dirty joke. Bill Beats is a dirty joke. Okay, okay. William Beatings is his full name. That's a dirty enough joke. Yeah, William Beatings. All right. I know the last time I was in here I told the uh, leprechaun joke. Prior to that, did I tell the uh, the tiny tits uh, hung like an infant joke? Yeah. Yes, you did. Ah, son of a bitch. All right, what do I got that's good? Um, do you have a dirty joke? Well, I do have something. Uh, so uh, this guy... Uh, goes into a shop and he's like do you have a real doll but it's child size <laughs> <laughs> and the guy's like no that's super upsetting what kind of awful human being would ever think of a child size real doll and he's like me my name's Gord although no one no one would know that from my car loan um <laughs> C-O-D-K-I-N-Z uh, the financing on my car, car does not say my real name and then he procures a child size real doll and does dark things to it. I don't really have a joke. I just can't get off of and child yet, size. That real was doll. still funnier than either of our jokes. So. <laughs> yeah, Alright, all right, I got one. So there are these two fleas hanging out at a flea bar. Uh, one of them robust, relaxed, totally happy with himself. Second one scrawny, skinny, shivering, pale, anemic. First flea looks at the second flea and says, Man, what the fuck is wrong with you? And he says Man, I don't even know what to tell you. I've spent the last month and a half in this biker's beard. It's cold. It's windy. It's chilly. There's nothing. The guy's got a chin like a rock. I haven't eaten anything decent in days. Big Flea says, look, I'm going to do you solid here. I'm looking to move up to bigger and better things, but I have spent the last two months in this lady's cooch, and I tell you, it's warm. It's fine, it's comfy, you can curl up just about anywhere. Why don't you go ahead and take my old place? I'll go ahead and move on out. You meet me back here in about a month and you tell me how it went. So the two fleas part ways. A month later, the big robust flea comes back and is hanging out at the bar and he sees a second flea come back in, pale, shaking, anemic, looking like hell. And the first flea says, What the hell happened? Second flea says, man, I did exactly what you said. I went to that lady's cooch, I curled right up, and it was cozy and comfy and warm and inviting, and I fell right to sleep. It was the best day I'd ever had. And the flea says, okay, well, what went wrong? Second flea says, well, I woke up and I was in the fucking biker's beard again. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well done, gentlemen. Not you, Bill Beats. Poorly done, Bill Beats. What do you have to say for yourself? Nothing. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you. I'd like to thank Death Star for joining us on the show. Not me. Once again, <laughs> where can our listeners find your stuff, gentlemen? Uh, they can go to DeathStarHipHop.com. They can they, go to they can go to DeathStar.Bandcamp.com. They can go to YouTube.com slash DeathStarHipHop. Facebook.com slash DeathStarHipHop. Twitter.com slash DeathStarHipHop. Or just add DeathStarHipHop. And you will find links on the Bone Bad page, so mm-hmm. you can jump right over from there. Our usual bullshit. The show phone number is 425-296-6557. Or you can reach the show via email to Steve at Bonehand.com. There is new content on Bonehand.com regularly, including... 
the heavy half hour when I'm not doing the Bone Bad Show. And you can find my work such as it is at MightyWombat.com. On Twitter at Mighty underscore Wombat. And we have a Facebook page at Facebook. We do indeed. We also have a Twitter feed at BoneBat. And you can follow me there as BoneHand as well. Something like that. Thank you again for listening. If you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. Our closing tune tonight. One last cut from Death Star. This is employment opportunity from the prequel. You have uh, any closing words about that song? Uh, well, number one, I should say that as so commonly happens with Bone Bat Show, not on purpose, it just does. This is like the first time anyone's going to hear like any of the songs off this album. So, so you guys that are listeners do get the first listens to Death Star albums. There's no one we would rather release them to early. If we're going to ejaculate prematurely, we might as well be do it on Stephen Gordon. Uh, all over Stephen oh, thank Gordon. thank you. Uh, this next song is basically uh, various HR reps for villains. Yeah, think of it as LinkedIn or Monster.com for villains, yeah. except fuck LinkedIn and Monster.com. Yeah, they email you way too much. Unless they're sponsors of the show, in which case, fuck them gently and politely. <laughs> but... But yeah, so enjoy it, and uh, thanks for uh, listening to Death Star and Boba. Oh, and have fun picking out which video game is represented by which eight barbers. Nice. Alrighty then, once again, thank you for listening. I'm Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a good one. Desperate for employment, you quest for a calling, combining cash and enjoyment. Well, good news, we've come across a handful of openings. We'll send you some specialty synopses. We're hoping these benefits and wages will suit your needs. Whether monsters or mages, bots, brutes or thieves. Placing entry-level employees of any ability. Reply with a resume, no experience necessary. The Brotherhood is hosting a big membership drive. We're hoping hearty hearts and heavy hands will help them survive. We got a problem to alight and don't know how many people it will take to chase that dangerous knave off our steeple. How do you defend against attacks from the air? We did it well enough till that be damned all to air. So if you're tough in the spine and hold your own in a fight, then grab the sword and take the vow and we'll all call you a knight. I'd like to talk to you about a position It's available immediately A simple decision Defeat one guy, one time, maybe three Accept this opportunity, come work for me I'd like to talk to you about a position It's available immediately A simple decision Defeat one guy, one time, maybe three Accept this opportunity, come work for me So you got soldier and bona fides Well, that's a plus Couple years shouldering armaments Sign up with us We spent enough time subterranean To plan an attack Kicking up dirt on the usurpers Take the planet back I know they're your own kind But this world is a home battle The locust boy don't make me laugh You sure should've known That doom worm's gonna rise But let's not get on a tangent Put foot to ass again it's Phoenix and frag all the fucking lambing. Here's a few options for your consideration. Go off world, new planets, big ass space station. Amazing opportunity for those with ambition who prefer coin to revolution or sedition. Mission simple, find a commander and kill him. Who cares whether he's Barracon or Renegade villain? Equipment in Asari when objective is done. Openings with the blood pack, eclipsing blue suns. I'd 
I'd like to talk to you about a position It's available immediately A simple decision Defeat one guy, one time, maybe three Accept this opportunity, come work for me I'd like to talk to you about a position It's available immediately A simple decision Defeat one guy, one time, maybe three Accept this opportunity, come work for me You're your own man No need for socialism Desire for placement is tantamount to communism Optimism to be found 2,000 leagues low Prefer patriarchal experience A fatherly glow Simply serve and protect Your assigned little sister Defend her from suspect Man-made meddling mister Spreading splicer population Is becoming a problem Unlimited Adam to the first that would solve them. Not your cup of tea, well let me just check my listings How do you feel about fighting fierce some foes Who are resisting the mechanical onslaught of fornicating automatons Assuming cybernetic conversion would then be undergone The paranormal dick and his fisticuffs friend Must be perished all together in an unpleasant end For the fruit must be fucked as my grandmom once quoted Not up for full bionic transition, duly noted I'd like to talk to you about a position It's available immediately A simple decision Defeat one guy, one time, maybe three Accept this opportunity, come work for me I'd like to talk to you about a position It's available immediately A simple decision Defeat one guy, one time, maybe three Accept this opportunity, come work for me